Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 170. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Jay, before we get into like what we were up to this week, I, I don't I don't really care what you were up to, because we actually spent a good amount of the weekend together. I actually I, I have a we good did. I have a good picture of what you were up to. Uh, so, <laughs> so before we before we hit that music and stuff, um, you know, we're recording with like a new setup here. You are sounding so much clearer than I am, and I'm super jealous because you sound absolutely fantastic on the microphone. Well, thank you. And I'm trying to like emulate like the way that you your microphone is situated and oriented. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to emulate the the, the dangle of your angle. You know what I'm saying? Well, right now <laughs> you're talking above your microphone. It looks like to me from the, see, from this angle. See, I, I, I like. I just don't know. Like, wh- like. <laughs> I'm so out of sorts now because we're in like a new setting. Believe now. me, I do not feel that comfortable. I mean, I'm comfortable, but I still feel very awkward. This is ten times better than that shitty broken down old couch I was sitting on. Like, we complete. I, I mean. Guys, we completely changed up the whole studio, like a hundred percent. It's for the better, and and also for the movie cocktail episodes, they'll be a lot more comfortable for Mark and for Rob. So yeah, I'm just I'm just jealous of the of the other way you sound and how and how that's that's all I was getting at. Hey Jay, what are you up to this week? It's been one week since you looked at me. All right, man. So I know, I, I know what you did Saturday. You know, you were you you were here on Saturday. Yes. Uh, you know, we. I mean, you were here for about two or three hours, which was which was great. You know, you came over, you helped me do some of the heavy lifting. Thank you for that. That, that you came over and did to help me do some of that heavy lifting. I wish I could do more, but my God, do you have a lot of stuff? I know, and, and I'm terrible. There's no way, right? And I need direction. I, I like direction. So like when I. I'm trying to help. You just got to tell me what to do because otherwise I'm like, this is your stuff, dude. I don't know where I'm putting this. I don't know what to do with it. That's what she said. <laughs> so get this. When, but it was, it was an re- eventful day. When rearranging and cleaning and setting up all, all, all the new equipment and stuff that we had, I started at 1 p.m. I finished at 1 a.m. It was an excruciatingly long day. And the worst part about that day was that I, like, my calves were hurting. I had made so many little trips from inside this room. Like the squatting and the bending down. Into another room and then back and forth. My calves were on fire the next day. That is not the muscle group that I was expecting. Oh, it's just the way I walk, (laughs) man. Like, I power walk. Like, so, so, like, I'm all, like, heel, toe, push hard, you know? Ah. So, I'm never using my thighs. You know, they're already big enough as it is. You gotta 
work out that. You got to work out them calf muscles. Try, just trying to get that nice heart shape back. One of my favorite features of you. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So it, we, I spent a whole day doing that. But then on Sunday, man, we went to an event together. You and I. We I mean, did. I went to an event before we went to our event. My event was a a child's baptism, and I didn't catch on fire going into the church, which some people in my family thought was going to happen. I have nothing against religion. I just don't particularly subscribe to anyone and I, I kind of call them out for all their bullshits that I believe that all organized religions have but we're not gonna get into all besides that. the point Stay on target. I, I got to use my camera to take pictures of my niece it was it was nice and it was cute and stuff it but was then, cute but then we went we went to we went down to the city we went down to center city we went to the old armory and we went to boxcar legends bourbon tour <laughs> right yes so Sunday 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 it was a nice bourbon tour yes late <laughs> afternoon delight it was it was it was actually it was really cool like i didn't know what to expect you didn't know what to expect these I were know. free invitations that that we it got it was an invitation only event and i still can't recall how i scored this <laughs> but i'm very happy we did but we go there it's it's all like you know it, like right at the door the security has square frame glasses curl, curled up mustaches and flannel shirts and i was like well, okay <laughs> <laughs> you sir i am afraid of let me tell you <laughs> Immediately, I knew uh, I'm at the right spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when I was going in, I was like, the only power that this security guard has is that he might PC me to death. Right. <laughs> he might politically correct me too much and cause me to commit suicide. Uh, but anyway, we <laughs> we did we, we went in. It was really cool, man. Like, they greeted us with ginger beer and cornbread. And they were like, would you like some ginger beer and cornbread? And I was like, why isn't every country club like this? <laughs> Why don't I walk in somewhere and they're like, excuse me, sir, would you like some ginger beer and some cornbread? And I was like, I think they're trying to um, coat our stomach for a lovely evening of bourbon. Yeah. And they did warn us, like, if you ate a lot, this isn't going to be fun for you. If you ate, if you didn't eat at all, it's going to be really fun until it's not. Yeah, uh, but it's cool. We got like a little bit of a tour of like, hey, this is how bourbon's made. We use, you know, we yeah. use wheat, we use wood, we use water, we use char. Like, and it was it. it was short and sweet and interesting. The tour guide was super cute, super cool, and you know, it was four bourbons: Basil Hayden's, Jim Beam. They had Jim Beam Black at that place, um, uh, and Jim Beam Double Oak. Oh, and Double Oak. We had the double. We had the double. Very nice. Yeah. I never had that before, and that's why I wanted to try it. Um, I am a fan of Jim Beam Black. Not so much of their classic Jim Beam white label. It's smooth. While I was editing last night, I actually uh, you, I actually took some of your Jim Beam Black and was uh, drinking that because it's a lot less harsh, a little bit more mellow than the uh, Dogfish Head it, that you got it's me. A, it's a bit of a hidden gem. Not many it's people nice. actually give it a shot. It's really good. Um, and then we also had Maker's Mark and Knob Creek. Which I absolutely hate Maker's Mark. Like I, I If I never drink Maker's Mark again, it that, will be, it'll be great. That was my transition bourbon out of Jim Jack, when I first started getting into bourbons, you're a bourbon guy, so this was like your event. Um, oh, this was my Disney World. <laughs> hand, hands down, my favorite one we had was the Basil Hayden because that is a rye bourbon and it's extremely dry and it's very much like a lowland scotch like that's that's the way they were describing it to us and i was like now you're speaking my language because I'm a scotch guy. That was the second time I've ever had Basil Hayden's and the first time I had it, I was not. I remember not being a big fan of it because of that fact. And I think at the time I was already a few bourbons deep. So I was the transition from traditional bourbons 
to Basil was a little jarring, I think. But during Sunday's little outing, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was my second favorite. Yeah. I actually liked the double oaked Jim Beam, I think, the best. My only problem with the event, and it's not even that we didn't get our second cocktail, because we did get uh, four free tastings at each of the at each of the stories, but then we also got a free cocktail, uh, two free cocktails. Yes. You and I we, we we fussed around too much. We were we were too much in awe of everything going on around us. We didn't we didn't get around to getting our second cocktail, which is which is fine. I was actually wasn't impressed with any of their cocktails by any means but what really disappointed me was we got to make our own jim beam label which we now have on a jim mm-hmm. beam bottle here in the studio um but they wouldn't let us do prom picture because then it, it's your fault you're too tall <laughs> they couldn't fit both of us in the frame to do prom picture i know i know i wanted it was to be a shame. i wanted to be little spoon i wanted jay to put his arms around my waist and then cup his hands lovingly over top of my hands and yes. then we would have went full waffle with our fingers interlacing them because that's more romantic it is <laughs> i was quite excited for that photo yeah and, and this girl was just like uh-uh. she wasn't happy yeah, she like straight no. up looked at us and she's just like no, can we take this seriously? And I was like, are you kidding me? You're serving alcohol in a flannel shirt. Yeah. Like you're like nothing should be taken seriously here yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. That's what probably why she was reduced <laughs> to just taking photos. Yeah. Cause she's like, event. she's like, hey, I don't want to take, I don't want to have any fun. Just, just stand yeah. there and uh, don't smile. Cause it, cause it fucks the print up. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so she, she so was the most Jay, unfortunate take, part of that. So event. for Jay, take every picture he's ever taken ever. And for me, you know, look like I, uh, I'm in a prison lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it ended up being a really good time. Then we came back here and we did some more studio stuff, and we're almost done setting up the studio, and it's 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 a lot of fun. So I, I can't I can't wait to start doing videos and stuff in here. I can't wait to start uh, yes start 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 taking the new journey for right. Super Movie Brothers. Uh, our, our Patreon subscribers are going to be having the first dibs on actually seeing firsthand what we're experimenting with yeah. with the video content and the YouTube stuff. Yeah, because uh, I mean, before we actually go. 100% live. For longtime listeners of the show, you can go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes. It sounds like dog shit. Like, me and you sound like we're 15 feet underwater and, like, it sounds all warbly. I didn't know anything about audio editing. I don't want to start video editing off on the same foot where I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. So, I'm going to be doing a lot of videos where I just try different things in editing and then I'm going to throw them up on Patreon for those and people. And we took our time. To we made sure we, we, we purchased the right proper items of quality and lighting camera we got some nice chairs desk set up everything is pretty much ready to go action yeah uh so i had another experience this week and i think this is one that i everyone can kind of relate to uh if you're if you own a pc at home jay actually doesn't own a computer so uh he doesn't he doesn't have to deal with this experience my antivirus software is expiring in a couple days so if anyone's ever like gone through this you know your antivirus software it starts like pinging you three months beforehand it's like hey in 90 days you're gonna be renewing your contract for us to keep doing your uh your virus service uh you know yeah please put a credit card on file and it just like keeps pinging and then like it becomes more aggressive as it goes first it starts off as a little window that's in the bottom right hand corner click the x goes away then it starts taking up my entire screen to warn me about this and then eventually uh i used mcafee i don't want to drop their name here but anyway i used mcafee who cares and uh and then eventually it's just like would you like to continue using your computer unprotected will you take that risk and then it makes me click take the risk 
Like every time. And then I, I started finding it becoming more and more sexual each time. And mm. it's like, you are unprotected. You are using <laughs> your computer unprotected. Are you taking that risk? It sounded like me giving Jay a PSA like I've done before. <laughs> it's just like, are you taking that Too risk? Too many times. Right. And then eventually, like, I feel like McAfee's just like, all right, that's fine. You, you, you want to surf the internet? You want to go on the internet? You don't want to use protection? That's fine. Now you have a virus. It's a Trojan. Huh? Ironic well, that you didn't. Hopefully, like <laughs> ironic that you didn't use protection and you get a Trojan virus. <laughs> <laughs> you have herpes now. That shit's for life. Enjoy your enjoy your blue screen, motherfucker. And I felt like it was like badgering me. So instead, Jay, I was like, you know what? End this emotionally abusive relationship with McAfee. I d- uninstalled it from my computer. I got rid of it. And I went and downloaded a free virus program who now only interrupts me with ads where it's like, hey, would you like to know who's hacked your camera? And I was like, shit, <laughs> who's hacked? And then I started thinking, I was like, my camera's taped up. So it's like, here's, See, what, here's this what is why I got rid like. of the whole computer life. <laughs> but it's funny because it, it showed me it's like, hey, here's what a hacked camera looks like. And it. It was black, and I was like, oh, yeah, because I taped that shit up when I bought the computer. Well, let me ask you this. Do Apple products do that? I don't know. I'm yeah, sure they all do. Know. Apple products read your face to unlock them. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're just not as easily hacked because they're they're not as popular. So, the hackers don't, don't go after them as much. But they can be hacked. They're not unhackable. Well, I just mean their software, like the protection and all that. Right. Like, does it have those pop-up things all the time? But then you just got to think, who the fuck am I and who the fuck wants to be me and who, don't want, who the fuck wants to take anything from me? They want to steal Super Movie Bros. Yeah, they want to they steal student loan debt that's going to be paid off between now now in 2039 thank you <laughs> i'll be dead in the ground for that's all paid off good luck student loan debt it's the only debt that doesn't follow you into death so <laughs> i can pay the bare minimum get myself put into the ground and no one has to deal with that shit ever again so jay with all that house cleaning out of the way let's get our house cleaning housekeeping with all that housekeeping out of the way let's head over and let's get into what are you watching what are you watching what are we watching He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, dude, with a very busy weekend, I imagine neither of us really got down to watching a whole lot. But what'd you get down to watching, man? What'd you watch this week? Anything anything interesting? Anything I, you'd like to depart on us? I did, a little bit before the did weekend your hit. amazing, charismatic co-host... By any chance, like recommend something that you're winding down that, that you wound up enjoying? Yes, you did, Dave. Yeah. I still have not finished it. However. Neither have I. I got to. I got. I finished episode two. That's how far I've gotten of the miniseries Unbelievable. Uh, of the miniseries Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so I am uh, halfway through it. I think it's an eight part uh, miniseries. So I think I am three or four episodes in, and it's it's certainly interesting. It is worth a watch. It, it definitely walks that fine line of the interesting cases of rape allegations and if they are true if they are not true how it affects different people who have gone through it how it affects the investigators and the detectives behind it and that's pretty much all i know so far with the story it's still unveiling itself it's very drama heavy i mean it's it's heavy subject matter it is i I would say me and lauren watched the first episode i i I think we both teared up at at some point because it there there is a level of victim blaming that's going on in it and there Mm. is a level of denial in 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 a sense too where she's not even it's an interesting character study it's very it's it's so very nuanced very i I like the way it's presented because it's not whether or not she's been raped or not it's just more or less 
what her what her thought process is in it like you know it, the way it happened to, I, I don't and want to her life it. in general right. it's not a happy life it, like, it's, right. it's sad but but the thing that was really standing out to me was the strong you know acting that was in it yes. from from our, I would say like our three female leads Caitlin Deaver who you know you and I have been enjoying for for quite some time mm-hmm. she shows up in a lot of smaller roles it's one of the first few times she's in Book Smart this year yeah, I, I love well the first few times I can remember her being in in like a starring role but yeah she was she was in Book Smart and then she was also in Short Term Twelve which was a film you do turn it oh, on yeah. so very drama heavy role very similar type character for her right um, and then I also really loved. Tony Collette and uh, Mariette Weaver, Weaver mm. who are playing the detectives who are looking into into it because she's originally dismissed as a victim by two male detectives. It, it certainly goes back and forth and I yeah. understand the direction that it's going. Um, it's just, it, it's starting to open up into a bigger issue at hand where it could Absolutely. be a serial rapist and they're trying to piece everything together i gotta just warn everybody like while it's an extremely interesting watch and it's something that very much happens within our criminal justice system today um so it's it's incredibly it's it's incredibly topical for that reason it also deals very heavily with a heinous crime of rape and there's multiple rapes that go on so if that's something that makes you uncomfortable then don't watch it. But if it makes you uncomfortable, it's kind of a good thing. Like it, it kind of shines a light on a problem that we yes. have in our society. And the fact that it's making a, you in a more realistic sense, right? It lets you know that you're not a fucking monster, you know? Right. And, and, and let's face it, like there's tons of monsters in our world. And, uh, yes. you know, unfortunately, interesting stories tend to revolve around them and the people affected by them <laughs> in more ways than one. We'll get to a, a real monster when we, when we talk about battle of big rock, uh, towards the end of this here. All right, Jay, I did get around to watching something else. Actually, the reason that I didn't finish unbelievable was because while watching unbelievable, uh, I, I, I saw lines, saw, logged into my Netflix. I went to, to go put it on and real big at the top. And it said the ranch part seven. <laughs> and I was like, well, let's not put, on the cry fest that's that's really bumming me out where i'm watching talk where, where i'm watching you know a girl deal with like a heavy situation like that and let's just watch the ranch shut my brain off and just enjoy myself and yeah. i gotta say the ranch this season did this very you know, like song and dance where like it's funny but it comes from a very painful place everybody is in a bad place in this season like everybody has lost something or is losing something or is is kind of losing their status quo and they're struggling to deal with it. Wow. So like all of their comedy is coming from this from this place of hurt. And where to me I was just like <laughs> it's every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. This is so. This is it's refreshing to see characters I can relate to on TV, with the exception of you know the fact that they're ranchers and I've never really done anything that's hard and laborious in the day of my life. Yeah, but it, I, I, I look. I adore the show, man. Like as when I think about sitcoms and the sitcoms we get on TV, like Big Bang Theory, that like killed it for years, and how trash that show was. Right. Well, this and I is one this. series I did not think was going to be yeah. a hit. I watched this and I was like, you know what? This is it. This is it's a, the power of Ashton Kutcher. It's a well-made sitcom. It's 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 decently written. It's you know it's it's not cinematic, but it you know it, it, I just feel like it gets it gets its audience now more than anything else does on TV right now. So uh, as far as sitcoms go, and it's, and look, I'm not a sitcom guy. I don't really like sitcoms all that much. I watch them from time to time, but I, I'm not like in love with them. But this one, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Every time it's on, yeah, I want to watch it. 
I like it. So uh, Ranch Part Seven's out, ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, I think the, the the next part, I think they do it twice a year, I want to say. They actually have 10 episodes twice a year. So uh, six months, the, the, there'll be more of it. And uh, I don't know. If, if you haven't jumped in on the show, I really think there's a lot there for, for people to enjoy. I, you know, okay. I'm sure I'm sure there's some people listening just going like, what? No. <laughs> But no, that's possible. Um, so I, I actually saw a couple things as well. I finally caught Jackie Brown, the directed movie by Quentin Tarantino. It is something that I just, for whatever reason, never got around to seeing. Not written by him, though, right? This is one of the ones he directed, but was not written by him. It is, is that correct? written for the screen by Quentin Tarantino okay, from based, a novel. It is block, not right? an original film written by Quentin Tarantino. But, so, but a lot of the dialogue definitely is Tarantino. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell. You could tell. Absolutely. And, but you know, it's just a fine movie. Like it's not. It's not a big wow. It's nothing. It doesn't. I think it's. I know it for a fact that it's some people's favorite. And I, I'm. I'm wondering why that is. Um. I maybe because of the way the story is being told, the structure of it all. Um. And you know the outlandish characters. I mean, you have Samuel L. Jackson playing another great Samuel L. Jackson type of role. Uh, Pam Greer plays Jackie Brown. I thought she was great, but I didn't think she was that great. Like she didn't wow me. She didn't have like a magnetic performance. Well, to there, me, there's to some a lot degree. of people who like, who, who, who I was watch, very surprised that she was the headliner. There's a lot of people who watch Pulp Fiction and then like watch Jackie Brown are like, Oh, you know it, you know that revived John Travolta's career, you know, at, where Jackie right, Brown right, kind right. of revived Pam Greer. Like that's what he was trying to do. I, was, I don't think Quentin does anything. Yeah. I don't think he revives anyone's career intentionally. I think he, he does it for his own kicks like he hires these people for his own sure his own amusement in a way yeah i mean you know you get you know great little young uh chris tucker academy robert de niro you can't even recognize him practically um he's got a small part he's no he's no big character in this movie michael keaton plays a role bridget fonda plays the dits samuel robert forrester this actually was a um uh, kind of like a good comeback role for him to get him back on the map because he had a a very big lull in his career leading up to this movie. And so he had a good break. Um, he actually won that role uh, over De Niro, believe it or not. Quentin Tarantino really wanted Robert Forrester to play that role. Um, so, and then other than that, I caught about Alex is free on Amazon prime right now. And it has a great cast. It's got Nate Parker, Jason Ritter, Maggie Grace, Max Greenfield, Albi Praza, Max Mangella. And it's really just an old group of friends from college. And they get together to help out a friend who committed suicide. Um, and Jason Ritter plays this character who just is a writer, was lonely. They're helping out a friend who committed suicide? So well, I'm is, sorry, attempted so to so commit suicide. So this is like suicide. Weekend My at apologies. Bernie's, right? They're, just <laughs> yeah. like, they're like, well, he had a job interview today, so let's uh, let's get the strings on him. <laughs> let's, let's get him to his job interview. Yes. So, <laughs> My apologies. Attempted. And it's really, it was it was definitely, I think, more of a cry for help type scenario but it had it was just a very nuanced movie uh-huh. that it, it it knew what it was i'm so it sorry i had- can't get weekend at bernie's out of my head I saw it. <laughs> it, a- it certainly was not that <laughs> it's such a ridiculous 80s movie it's so good <laughs> but sorry, it, there was there was a lot of tropes with some of the characters and the character dynamics between all the other friends and how somebody slept with another person but you know this other person is still well in weekend, we, weekend at bernie's person. someone it's, sleeps with yeah. bernie even after he's dead <laughs> 
Um, I'm but sorry. You're having this I know, very serious conversation I'm, about this very you're, serious you're movie. You're killing me on this. And uh, <laughs> I just can't get Weekend at Bernie's out of my head. I'm sorry. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's 2, where he is, where he's possessed by a voodoo demon or whatever. And every time music plays, his body starts bouncing up and down because they fucked it up. I'd you. watch it. <laughs> Let's put it on uh, Disney+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do a Patreon-exclusive cocktail for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like it, it'll be like that Scandinavian drink yeah. where well, you, we, we have we, our own camera now, Dave. We yeah. can make our own, but it'll be like it, mini short films. If we make a weekend at Bernie's like cocktail, it'll be like that Scandinavian drink where they put like a toe in it, like there's a rotten mummy toe in it, and you gotta like drink all the way to the to the toe touches your lip. Well, that's a that, that's a thing. Look it up. Some, okay, some country does that. I don't know where we'll it look is. That up. But anyway, your sad movie that you were talking. about. I'm just going to wrap it up as it was an okay film that was still an enjoyable watch for these actors alone, I would say. Well, McAfee Not is still so disappointed that I didn't wrap it up. For the story <laughs> itself. However, um, it's just okay. And then other than that, I saw the Bill Burr stand up. How, did you, know, how you, did you have time to do all this? We were together all weekend. When did, when did you do all this? After the days after we recorded the last episode, <laughs> leading up to the weekend, uh, so I, I see I don't go out anymore because I haven't been dating and I am a loner, so a loner, a loner loser. That's, I, what, that's I, what I like to call myself. I invite now. you over to watch the Eagles games all the time. You're like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm kind of a homebody. I'm gonna stay inside. I'm gonna do some laundry. I know. <laughs> So uh, I did watch the Bill Burr stand up, and I also watched the uh, Dave Chappelle stand up Sticks and Stones. Yeah, uh, I saw that a couple weeks. If ago. you it, like, I look. I realized one hundred percent what both of them are doing. They are purposely being controversial. That's one hundred percent what they are doing. Right. They're being purposely controversial, and I don't. I don't think they're doing it to to drum up publicity. Let's face it; they're two of the biggest comedians that are out there right now. They don't need publicity and stuff like that. I think it's it's comedians who who have who have been feeling hamstrung with current political climate, and they just want to let the fuck loose. And that's exactly what they're doing. And, and that's why every single comedian is getting behind right. these specials because. But it's also to me, it feels like like their level of. Like, like, like their level of disrespect. They're trying too hard. They're trying too hard to I be know, controversial. I know, I know. I thought that too. I Me and Lauren, like, sh- we shut off the Bill Burr one, not because we were offended by it in any way, shape, or form, but because we could tell that he was just trying too hard to be controversial. Yeah. And I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I didn't quite enjoy it as much as the Dave Chappelle one. However, the Dave Chappelle one made me squeam like squeamish a little bit more you know what i'm saying like the bill burr one i was like oh it's just see it's i enjoyed, bill burr just I enjoyed going the dave out, chappelle one more because i i felt that that one was more genuine than the bill burr one. Oh yeah oh i believe that i mean i know bill burr is a little bit more popular i don't know him as well as dave chappelle but i know for a fact chappelle is there's still a few standout 100 percent like he a lot of people don't realize Chappelle is 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 uh, he's quite honest and he has viewpoints that are not what you would expect. Right. Yeah. You'd be surprised, especially as become as he's become a rich man. He's kind of you know honest about that kind of fact. But, yeah, I, but like Bill Burr had a few standout moments in that stand up when he's talking about watching an Elvis documentary about the, the the misappropriation of black music. You know how how Elvis stole black music and stuff like that, mm. and him and his wife who is who, who is black got right. into like an argument over it. That made me laugh. Like the and then but he, he even called it out where he's like, "See, you're all laughing," and he's like, "And it's just like you know the difference between white and black people. It's the same joke that's been working since the 1970s when uh, other comedians were doing it." 
then. So, and, and I think that's that's what they're trying to get a point. Like that's what they're trying to get across. Like for them to come up with new levels of comedy and stuff to do things that that people haven't seen before or to tackle subjects, or at least start to break the mold a little right. bit more to give other people freedom to just be comedians. Right. You know, just what talk about to. the issues at hand. Stop taking it so literal and serious. Why so serious? Put a smile on that face. And 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 hating on every little thing. Stop being so Twitter heavy. Uh, so. I mean, other than that, uh, I started watching. I so I've been paying for this streaming app for like y- a year now. The DC streaming app, like I get free comic books out of it, which is kind of cool. Uh, every right. single DC animated movie and every single DC animated series is on there for me to rewatch as I go along. And I've been rewatching Young Justice on there. One of my favorite DC animated cartoons of all time. Uh, they had a season three came out last year. I'm hoping that they do a season four, but I'm hearing that this app may be going away and they may not be doing any new original content for it. But Titans season two just dropped, Jay, and I'm a big Teen Titans fan. I'm a big Dick fan. I love Dick, Jay. Just any, I anytime I can get Dick, I can't. I'm talking about Dick Grayson, you know, uh, the, no, oh, oh, the, oh, the best Robin, oh. my my favorite DC Comics character. Uh, you know, he's the big he, he he's the big he's the big cheese in the show. So I started watching season two just to get a little ju- just to get my vitamin D and <laughs> and uh, it sucks. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. The first episode was pretty ho-hum. The second episode was even worse. And get it, girl. Yeah. The first season, you know, was was OK. You could tell they were building to something. They kind of let you down in the end uh this season seems like they're trying to hit the ground running but they're just not finding their footing at all so i'm gonna continue watching hoping that it gets better because doom patrol was out a couple months ago and that was a fantastic show but then this app came out with the swamp thing series which they were just like you know what instead of bringing this out weekly this sucks so bad here's the entire show right now and that's it like so look i I can't recommend this app to anybody i'm a big dc animated fan i'm a big dc comics fan i'm a big titans fan so i i have it for those reasons but if if any one of those three things about it if if i didn't love any one of those three things it's not worth owning it whatsoever but uh man uh, i was surprised you got it uh last year because i i didn't know anything if it didn't that was on come it. with the free comic books that it comes with like all the comic books like i think it's any dc comic that's been out for the past six months is available on there for you okay. to read so if it didn't have all these comic books on there and for the ability for me to download them and take them with me like when i go on a plane or when um you know when, when i when i have some downtime at work or when i just i'm taking a shit you know like it's it, it, that means a lot to me and the fact that i'm only paying i believe it's 5.99 a month for it for that convenience of having the comics having the animated shows at my disposal it, it's worth it to me but it wouldn't be necessarily worth it to anybody who isn't a comic book okay. super fan. i understand that so uh jay we both watched one other thing and uh it's kind of a big deal it didn't seem like a big deal because it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere and it did it did it really did but there is a short film which was distributed by universal produced and and directed by colin trevorrow and it's called battle at big rock and it is the story of a family who's i guess on a camping trip at big rock and they, they they come across dinosaurs, Jay. A mother, a baby dinosaur. And I believe that they were called uh, Zucaceratops is what they called them. 
the wh- whatever they were. They, they they were triceratops that didn't have the horn on the nose. They were a different type of triceratops. Right. Uh, my daughter would correct me because she loves dinosaurs. Uh, I corrected duty last night, but I don't remember what I told him it was. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, it beca- it gets attacked by an Allosaurus, and the family is just kind of like stuck in the middle. And uh, it does take place in the Lost World universe. Yes. So let's uh, let's start breaking this down for people. Let's uh, let's let's discuss it. Let's actually do a review for it. So, uh, you know, I, I sent you this link last night, or at least I told you about it last night, and uh, you went and watched it immediately, and you actually saw it before I did. You reported back to me. You were like, dude, it's, it's oh, good. it was awesome. Yeah, what did you, you think of it? You thought it was, all, thought it was awesome? Very surprised. How Spielberg-esque did it feel while watching it? Oh, very much. Because there's a thing. I, look, I don't mind spoiling this. I'm, this is full, you know, non-spoilers. So I'll put a link to Battle at Big Rock in the description. So if, if you don't want to be spoiled, just go to the description, yeah, click on the Link. pause go to the link watch, watch it. it it's, it's only eight to nine minutes long yeah it's it's eight minutes long watch it then come back and listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled so yeah there i just gave you the chance okay so th- th- they do this thing where like they mention that the little eight-year-old girl was being trained how to use a crossbow right and the guy yells out of his camper and he's like yo could you not teach my eight-year-old how to shoot a crossbow yeah, so they're they're you they're, had so like it, it, like Spielberg rules Chekhov's gag is that mm-hmm. that little girl has to save them in the end. Like, well, and I knew that by hearing that line. But the payoff was really that was really well. The payoff was very good. It was very good. So what the what the great thing about it is like you can tell that it's a new family. They're really you know they're they're two years into this relationship. Well, they, they just had a new baby. They mention it. She like she ha- the he mom, has a daughter. He, she yeah, had exactly, a son and right. now they have a, a baby together. Yes. And so they're a new family. The kids aren't quite getting along but they have to they have to make it work and we're not exactly sure if this is like a vacation ground or they live there. Or if there's a pandemic going on. Or with, there's an epidemic thing going on. Dinosaurs running around. Exactly. Because this is taking place one year after uh, Fallen Kingdom. Right. And they are aware that this is a thing. They just thought that they were in the area that was safe from dinosaurs reaching them. But lo and behold, surprise! Yeah, because because the, the famous line: "Dinosaurs don't come this far north." Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, the second you hear that in a Spielberg esque film like like this, where you're like, "Well, you know, of course the dinosaur is going to show up." That's like uh, in 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 uh, in Jaws: The Revenge when they're like, "Oh, the, this the water in Jamaica is far too warm for a great white shark to be here." There's a great white shark, and then, <laughs> and then simply from there, we are introduced some uh, introduced to uh, the dinosaurs, and then massive action sequences of not just emotion, so the, but also terror. The effects look great. Uh, you know, is is pretty darkly lit, but you know the the fire effect and the way that 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 it, that the shadows were catching were catching the dinosaurs and stuff. You know, it was actually truly terrifying at points too. Like one of the things that I felt Fallen Kingdom did really well was it did it did dinosaur action in a claustrophobic setting really well, 
where like the, that was the practical effects uh, portions, right. I believe. So, so that, that that moment when after the Allosaurus fails in in getting its prize and eating the, the baby Zetaceratops uh, uh, or whatever the fuck it's called, it fails in that, and, and and the mother and the father run off with the baby and stuff, and it hears their baby crying in the trailer, and it goes after them. That moment that the baby is like strapped into the front seat, and the Allosaurus flips the camper over, and you can see like all you see and it, like i said it was very much like which was not directed by colin trevorrow but it was very much like in the same way they showed the teeth of the of the dinosaur in fallen kingdom just right outside the window and all you see is this rictus grin mm. of sharp you know size of banana teeth that like it, it comes through the glass goes after the baby and they're dragging it through and just the way that that was shot with the dinosaur slowly progressed the allosaurus slowly progressing its way through the camper chomping at them and everything like that that was extremely well done extremely suspenseful and man it really makes me hopeful for what we got coming down the pipeline with the jurassic world 3 so this was written by colin and also emily carmichael so emily carmichael hasn't done too much not nothing of real you know success i would say but she has done pacific's rim uprising which was (laughs) nothing to uh you know, all right. Well, let's not sing her praises about. too much at this point, okay? But I'm bringing her up because she also wrote this, and she's also writing Jurassic World three. Okay, well, that he is look, obviously. I'm not gonna lie. Watching this, I'm like, yeah, like the, writing the things well. I'm looking at here were the things that I liked about Jurassic World, the first one. Like, you know, the things I'm, I'm looking at, like this is what I want from my from my dinosaur action flex. Yeah. Right? So you can take this one or two ways. You can say that they're trying to recover. Um, the little bit of a funk that they have going from the last movie and trying to get people excited about or or just continuity just keep people in the zeitgeist right. like excited for this kind of property right. so, and excited for the next movie or they just wanted to brag and show like look we know what the fuck we're doing so like just, look out for our next movie just to finish off the video uh as the allosaurus has mom and dad dead to rights while they're holding the baby the little girl uses the crossbow that the that their neighbor yep. showed her how to use at the very last minute right before the fires a crossbow right into the allosaurus's mm-hmm. face which is enough to scare it off everybody's left breathing heavy and they're like what the fuck you know like and as their campground was all killed or yeah and and we felt the same destroyed. way what the fuck first yeah. off why didn't the neighbors do anything clearly neighbors are within earshot because you know you can call your neighbors from wherever you're all hey mom Get off the dying roof! You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's like Cletus the slackjawed yokel. You can just open up your door and you call your neighbor. Uh, it's a redneck telephone. Just scream. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they. Uh, it was fun to watch. It was. It was really fun to watch. But then to, you know, in the end credits, we're kind of treated to like these what I, like Vine videos. Like they were very much like Vine videos or like YouTube clips where like you get you get a guy on a road who nice crashed, edition who crashes his car because a, stega, a stegosaurus is walking across it. Yeah. You get a bass fisherman on a on a river while a duckbill is on the other side yeah. of them. Uh, you get whales majestically coming out of the water as <laughs> no, it's it's a great white shark. It's air jaws coming out of the water oh. to eat a seal, and then oh, is that what it was? And then okay. the Mosasaurus comes up and eats <laughs> and, and, and eats the great white shark. Uh, you know, it was the, the the one that made me laugh was like the it was like an America's Funniest Home Videos one where the little girl was running through the chicken coop, but it's Compy's chasing her, and she's like. Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> 
That was funny. <laughs> that too. One, that one fucking cracked me up. So like, I like and the doves. Yeah. Like somebody gets married and yes. like they, they they lift the doves out and yeah, the, the pterosaur like, just comes uh, down and comes. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. It was, it, it was great. It was, it was a nice, nice little surprise. Nice little addition. So, uh, like, like a little bit of background on this. Like, Universal reached out to Colin Trevorrow, and they were like, "Look, and this is no, this is not the conversation as it happened. This is the conversation the Super Movie Brothers sees it happen." Yes. Uh, Universal went, "Hey, Colin, uh, you know, you're working on that. Uh, you're working on that Jurassic World three there uh, for us, and uh, you know, we're, we're thankful that you're coming back to direct it all. But like, yo, listen, listen." People weren't so hot on that uh, on that Fallen Kingdom thing, you know. People are a little shaky on this franchise. We gotta Man. do we gotta do something that's gonna you know restore some faith in us. So uh, you got something up to sleep? Maybe do like a you know five to ten minutes short film. Yeah, we'll grease your wheel. Yeah, you know, you, know, you just you do a little thing for us, do a little thing for you, and uh, look, I think it'll make our audience really happy. What do you say, huh? And Colin Trevorrow was like. Yeah, okay. Didn't give them even a chance to reconsider their offer of doing this short film or give them a chance to pull funding for him at all. He immediately ran off to Ireland and filmed this in four days. He filmed this. Four days? Four days. He filmed this. He filmed an action set piece like this in four days. I think that is absolutely good on amazing. him. But clearly, like that's that's what Universal's game is here, right? Like the, the reading between the lines is that Fans, and, it, and it worked right super well. Fans were not happy uh, with 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 uh, the way Fallen Kingdom went. Not everybody was happy. I, we we actually got into we actually I'm not gonna say an argument. But we had we had a fan reach out to us when we talked about Fallen Kingdom who thought we had it all wrong. And uh, there were so many beautiful things in Fallen Kingdom, especially if you're a gothic horror type fan. Mm. And I was like, I can see all that. I, I didn't like I I didn't like the way it was presented to me. But you know, good on you. You liked it. I'm never gonna knock anybody for liking something. But I thought Fallen Kingdom was a far departure from the entire rest of the series i thought that 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 its plot was pretty shitty and you know in love with it you know i didn't hate it but i wasn't in love with it It was nothing great i wasn't in love with jurassic world either because it was it was very much like uh the force awakens where it's too much of what we got before and too many winks and nods and elbows that 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 wind up you know is the reason why you would really like it right uh this was something it's far removed from our characters and colin trevorrow in all the interviews has said like look it's now a jurassic world if we continue following the same characters and doing the same stuff over and over again, it doesn't feel like a world. And the last movie unleashed the dinosaurs into this world. So this is going to be introducing people, yeah. the, the general public, to these creatures for the first time. And that's... that's uh, see, for me, I struggle with that because that could work, but it worked for me Look, in end credit scenes. He's he's right. I don't know if a whole feature film is going. So to So he's not saying that like we're not we're not going to get Owen and we're not going to get Bryce Dallas Howard in the next one. He's not saying that. He's just saying that there's so many different stories that you could tell within this universe, and he just wanted to take eight minutes to tell one that didn't involve those main characters, and that's it. Like that's that's all. I he understand was that, and it worked out perfectly well. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, this is like. A pretty much Look, a we got, plus we've short already film got, for me. We've already got rumors that Sam Neill, Mr. Event Horizon himself, uh. <laughs> will be in the next Jurassic World. Get out of here. Yeah. 
So, so That's it's fantastic news. So it's not like there. It's not like he's saying like, "Look, we're going to use all new characters moving forward." You know, Chris Pratt's out. Like, no. I mean, come on. That that dude's money. People love that dude. Your mom loves that dude. My mom loves that dude. Like, uh, that dude's money. They're not getting rid of him or anything. They're just telling you that like, there's other stories that could be told within this universe, and they wanted to present a story that existed in the Jurassic World universe in a in, in, in a different light while doing what the Jurassic Park films have done. So so well and i wound up enjoying eight minutes of it jay do you actually do you have a score for uh battle with big rock a plus yeah uh i, I think, think it was it was fucking perfect to right, me right it was for for a jurassic world if they told me i had jurassic to pay Park type of movie short film if you had to pay a dollar 99 for this would you still give it an a plus yeah yeah i think so i think i would have i would have paid money to watch this i absolutely i enjoyed it that much it was a nice little surprise it, i liked it, it a was lot. a very good surprise and um i yeah there was for something like this it was perfect has universal's marketing tactic work on you are you more excited for jurassic world 3 now knowing that this is this is that colin trevorrow himself is excited enough that he's 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 going to take four days out of his schedule to film this movie yes to film this yeah it worked 100 percent. it works for me i mean and people were a buzz about it like i and you know how tough a critic i am you are um you may even so like it more this, than i do the fact that i'm i'm this i'm giving this this kind of high praise it's really saying Jay, something. I so think if I only, you have not caught it yet please go seek it out i think uh, well it's, the, the the link is going to be in the description actually i think i'm not gonna lie i think i only gave it an a plus because you gave it an a plus i was going to give it an a but then i was like holy shit Negative Nance over here, Jay, gave something an A+. If I don't give it an A+, then I'm the negative Nancy. I had nothing negative to to critique over. Fair enough. There's literally nothing for me to critique over. Fair enough. enough. No, it's it's good. Maybe I should just start watching shorts and that's it. I don't know. It's fun. It's just... I don't know. It's just good fun. It's just just good fun. But also the horror and the family dynamic, everything was pitch perfect. And the way it came full full circle uh, with the daughter and you know them all surviving and even the other dinosaurs that were being attacked before now stretch that out lovely to 118 minutes runtime (laughs) and give me a movie that's that that, and please not 190 minutes you know nothing crazy 120 minutes like i would love every studio to get together go into like one of these like big like yeah meetings no visit the illuminati (laughs) look listen listen like Look, I work for the Illuminati. I'm going to tell you guys, look, <laughs> we're done with all the fetuses and all the rejuvenation baths that you guys have been enjoying. We're going to be putting all of our efforts into getting all the movie studios to stop making three hour long movies. Two hours is the max. That's it. If you can't tell your story in two hours, then you're constipated. And you need Go to down shit the street or get to off fucking Netflix and, yeah. you know, do your thing. <laughs> do your thing. Do your fucking thing down there with those guys who are uh, throwing money at all the wrong people and uh, not making any money in return for it. The uh, fucking Netflix guys. Uh, if you want to come here, you want to do big studio films, two hours, runtime, max, you're done. That's that. That's all you're going to do. If you're going to do more than that, you can get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. Why do you think, Forget about it. Why do you think Scorsese's doing The Irishman? Four hour long fucking movie. Why do you think it's going to Netflix? Because we said no. God damn, that's right. <laughs> I forgot how long that movie is. we said no. Mm. Andy Machete, I'm looking at you. Three hours for an it movie? Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Get the fuck out. There's, it is. There's the fucking door. It ruined the movie for me. There's the fucking door. You ruined all the suspense with your fucking long run time. Get the fuck out. There's your fucking door. Here's your fucking sign. Get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. You see the way he was looking at me? He was going out the fucking door. I saw, fuck I that saw. motherfucker. Fuck him. All right, everybody else, you in? All right, Spielberg. Y'all, I'm looking at you. 
Two hours. That's it. You, you doing Indiana Jones 5? 90 minutes for that. <laughs> 90 <laughs> minutes for that shit. Don't, don't, don't fucking blow that shit out. All right? Let, let's be real. No one wants to see him no more. He's like 82. He's going to die in a plane crash next year. You're not even going to get a film out of him. Forget about it. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, we're not fucking around. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> let's get into some fucking news. All right, Jay, let's get down to some fucking news. Yes. All right, first up on the docket, James Gunn has announced everyone who will be in his The Suicide Squad. Because when you add the to something, Jay, it elevates it. Like all those NFL players who are from the Ohio State. <laughs> I know. Why do they do that? It's so weird. The University of Missouri. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, you add the in front of something, it immediately makes it more important. No, no, so not the, 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 so the, the, you know, hail the, <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking like Thor. Uh, what does the mean? Uh, no. So it's like, you know, evil dead became when they did a remake, it was the evil dead predator gets a remake the predator so now suicide squad's getting a remake from james gunn and we're not going to put a number behind it we're not going to say it's a reboot we're just going to say it's a thing that's going on it's the suicide Suicide squad Squad. all right but he's announced all the actors that are that that are going to be in it margot robbie going to be reprising her role as harley quinn taika watini my friend is is going to be in it my man Jai Courtney, uh, Captain Boomerang, Nathan Fillion, David Desmalkchian is playing Polka Dot Man. Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. Uh, John Cena is in talks right now to join the cast. You know, there's, there's a lot of things going on here. Now, he did not say who each person was going to be playing, but believe me, rumors are abound about everybody. You know, Joe, Joe Kinnaman will be back as Randall Flagg, and it's rumored that Michael Rooker is going to be King Shark, which, uh, which in the same way that Digimon Hansu was, uh, yeah, see, I get that name right. Uh, was uh, well, we have known him yeah, for a very long time. Was 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 Killer Croc, and the last one, uh, Michael Rooker, you know, from from the from the Guardians of the Galaxy films, will be King Shark. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole slew of of new characters that are getting added. I'm actually pretty excited about this cast. If if, if I'm going to be honest, I with am you. too, and I'm very hopeful for this one because I do believe they will be righting a lot of wrongs that were done in the first movie. So I, I think it only could be better you can't get much worse than the first movie it's really not a good film no it's not (laughs) but no matter what jay you cannot take away the fact that it is the academy award winning suicide squad best costume design i will never say that suicide squad It's still there. You can't take it away from it. Uh, reportedly, John Cena is going to be playing uh, Peacemaker. But everybody who, what everyone wants to know is who is Idris Elba in this film? Th- th- that's that's what everyone wants to know. A lot of people, uh, the first rumor was that they've recast uh, De- Deadshot and that it's no longer Will Smith, that it's going to be Idris Elba. Uh, that, that, that's kind of been put to bed. So a lot of people are wondering, you know, who's he going to be? The, the front runners are he's going to be playing Bronze Tiger. Or, I like this one. He could be Slade Wilson. Slade! Slade! Wow, 
His name is really fun to say dramatically. Deathstroke. Like, but we know that Joe Manganiello was already cast as Deathstroke, but that was for Ben Affleck's Batman film, which isn't yes, happening. And it would make sense that it would be Idris because he has the physicality. Oh my God, does he not? Like, it, yeah. And, you know, oh my God. Dave's going to have a chub the whole running Tell time. Tell me more about his physicality. What, <laughs> Jay, what makes him Did you see him with his shirt off? Did you see him oh in, his, in his kickboxing debut? Like, he actually fought a real professional kickboxer in the ring. Watch it. It's on YouTube. It's a documentary. It's fa- fascinating. He trained really? in, He trained in three months to take a guy on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a professional fighter for 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 a short for a short time. While he was a famous actor, by the way. We're not talking like Idris Alba before he was famous. See, I know about his DJ projects and stuff like that. Oh, I know he had a documentary about that, I believe, or a short film. No, this is legit. Like this he I, was a legit he was a legit fighter. Like look it up. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He kind of flies on the radar. He does his own thing. He wrote but, uh, but again, he's, he's very married, British he's, as well. He's also been married four times. He's on his fifth of marriage, I think. Yeah. <laughs> marriage. yeah. He can't he can't he, hold he, him he down. Likes it. Yeah, he likes his women. So yeah. Like a little too much yeah if he were to hit me he would quit me and i'd have a story to tell them. <laughs> i have a story to tell and here's mcafee again are you sure you want to continue unprotected yeah, exactly yes yes, <laughs> yes i do yes i do <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, the other rumor is that he could be playing Sportsmaster. Well, everyone else out there in the world is wondering who Idris Elba is playing. I am wondering who Nathan Fillion is playing because that has me curious. Secretly, in my heart of hearts, because he's the voice of Green Lantern in all the animated films, I'm hoping it's a cameo of him as Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. Doubtful. Certainly a cameo is what he's going to be doing, but it's That's doubtful. That's not going to happen, he's but pro- it would be amazing. He's probably going to be something like Calendar Man. Like or, he comes at the end of the movie, or Condiment saves. King, or eh, something ridiculous. Like, I guess so. Yeah, uh, but all the rumors are that uh, that that David Dasmanovich, uh, David, uh, fuck it, David D, <laughs> is going to be play- as Polka Dot as Man. I like to say, Double D, Double D, uh, is uh, that he is. You know, I can say Dishman Hansu, but I can't say this dude's fucking name, even though he's been in a ton of movies now. Uh, uh, but in that he's going to be playing Polka Dot Man, and much like Slipknot in the last film, he's going to be the first one to die so uh look i'm looking forward to this film i i i i'm hoping that the new direction of we warner brothers high hopes yeah hoping that a new direction of warner brothers is going to take us in a direction that we want to go and is going to be bringing us films that we want to see next news story hey bud uh james cameron wants you to know he's not upset that avengers endgame beat avatar in the box office Bullshit. in fact He's hopeful for it because the dude who sells all the projectors and has been pushing digital cinema for the past 20 years is happy that people are still going to the movies. <laughs> Read between the lines. <laughs> he gives him hope for cinema that it's not going away. And uh, you know what? It, it gives me hope, too, that I don't have to live in a world where a three-hour-long James Cameron film with blue people is going to rule the screen forever. All I want for Christmas is for those Avatar movies to be canceled. Just, to be, also just, just, for, just stop it. See, all I want for stop. Christmas is for them just to actually be fucking done so we can stop fucking talking about them. Like, I want them... Look, here's the thing. If they're going to do them, I want them to be good. If they're not going to do them, again, constipation. Shit or get off the pot. The, the the movie Illuminati is stepping in. Hey, James Cameron, look, you look, you got you to gotta make these fucking movies. 
movies, dude. You gotta, you gotta fucking make the movies. If you're not gonna make the fucking movies, you gotta go, or or you gotta produce them. And you gotta let some some fuck someone fucking come in, like uh, I don't know, Tim Miller, come in and direct it. You know? Dave, <laughs> are you not worried? Like I, I am super worried about don't these care. films. I, I think they're gonna be garbage. I don't care. I don't. I, I don't. I have no affinity or love for the it's original been, Avatar. It's been so long. He's been in development trying to make these things and get them off the ground for Look, so long. There's two movies that have came out in the past twenty years that I can say I can watch that movie on mute and get the same message that I got watching the movie with sound. And that is the 300 with Gerard Butler, mm, you know, uh, it's true. Zack Snyder film. Yeah. You know, beautiful, gorgeous, beautiful fights. You know, there's some, there's some great action one liners in it that I like, but ultimately I can watch that movie on mute. And then there is avatar. <laughs> like I can watch well, that avatar. Movie. I can't watch it on TV. No, it's terrible. I have a 4k TV. So IMAX 3d phenomenal. I, I, and that's I, it. I, I have a 4K TV, so it, it pops when it's on. It's not 3D because I didn't jump on that fad like some other people did. Paul, countdown, looking at you. Uh, <laughs> 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 he got 3D glasses. He, you know, he doesn't even have batteries in those 3D glasses. I guarantee you, he hasn't used them in years. I, I, I knew that was gonna flop. I'm just surprised that so many people actually went all in on it. Next news story. All right, Jay, uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about Bill Skarsgård and his role as Pennywise in Stephen King's It adaptations by Andy Machete. People have been blowing his dick for the past two years over that shit. Uh, we blew his dick last week when we reviewed it because he's one of the best parts of that series. Mm -hmm. But his brother's not to be outdone, goddammit. Alexander Skarsgård has been confirmed that he will, too, be in a Stephen King adaptation. Yes. And he will be playing Randall Flynn flag in the stand miniseries that's going to be coming to cbs now previously randall flag is also known by a man of many names he's also known by the man in black and the man in black jay ran across the desert and the gunslinger followed uh, yeah so randall flag was technically previously played by the role of randall flag will now be played by alexander skarsgård it was previously played by matthew mcconaughey all right all right all right that is true <laughs> I i'm actually excited for stand it's one of my favorite stephen king books one of my favorite stephen king stories however one Dave. of my favorite things to add for them to adapt and not once have i gotten an adaptation that wasn't that that was good but dave <laughs> we, we we have a small hiccup What's it that? is only playing through CBS All Access. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I, I have means. I have ways, sir. Well, Dave does have more ins and ways than I do. So I, I give him that. And uh, to be honest, like I, I, this is not 100% a J movie. So um, I'm going to let this fly. I'm sure I will catch it eventually when it does branch out to Amazon Prime. But it's Prime Alexander Skarsgård. And I like Alexander. I really do. But um, still. <laughs> <laughs> He's a vampire <laughs> in true blood. Not anymore. Not anymore. Suck it. Suck it. Next news story. Alright, Jay, you love this actress, Haley Steinfeld. Uh she's she's one of your favorite Dude, little jokes. Cute as a button. Yes. Yeah. She's a good talent. She's one of the few reasons that that you should watch uh Transformers Bumblebee, because I thought she was adorable in that. I thought it was a little I, I, I thought that was the hands down the best Transformers movie was Bumblebee. And I think everybody agrees. However, yeah. it didn't make the same kind of money. It so but it's, they're giving another shot, I believe. I think they're gonna try and do another one. It's tied for the first Transformers for like, you know, for I, fun, lightheartedness. Yeah, this type I think of stuff. this sequel is going to to be a little bit more transformed up well so she's got a new job jay a, a whole new job 
Good for her. The rumor is that she is in the short running to play Kate Bishop in the Disney Plus series Hawkeye. And I, I love, it. love this I love it. Kate Bishop in the comics, she's smarter than Clint. She's sassy. She's, you know, she's... I remember you telling me about her right after Endgame. I hesitate to say the word plucky. Dude, don't call us plucky. We don't know what it means. And you know, I, I love the character of Kate Bishop, and I, I really enjoy Haley Steinfeld's performances. I love what she brings to to, to characters and stuff. So I, I actually look forward to this. I, I think that this is this would be great casting, and it's showing that. I mean, of course, Disney, The House of Mouse, you know, it, where they literally created the Scrooge McDuck vault of money doesn't have to worry about how much they have to pay their actors for these for these Disney Plus shows because they're going to be raking in the money. I mean. They oh, already have Disney Plus. Stupid money. Because Disney Plus has already like sold so many pre subscriptions. Because after D twenty three, they did for two weeks. You could jump on board, and for one hundred and forty dollars, you got three years of Disney Plus. And you and I jumped three on years. that. Crazy, and and yeah, we we jumped on that. But anyway, that has me excited even more so for the Hawkeye for the Hawkeye uh, TV series. It's one of the Disney Plus you know MCU shows that's coming that I that I am truly excited for. So you know I, I'm intrigued by a lot of them, but this one truly has me excited because it's one of my it's going to be based on one of my favorite comics run you know, comic runs of, of the past five ten years. Next news story. All right, Jay, speaking of Disney, Marvel, all that stuff, they had a, a pilot for a show. It was New Warriors, and that was actually filmed some time ago. Now, the problem with New Warriors, Jay, was that it couldn't find a home. It was actually originally supposed to go to uh, Freeform, which is kind of like the Disney family or, wh- or whatever the hell it was. But they ended up not picking up the pilot. Now, this stars some people that, that you might recognize. You remember the girl that was in all of those AT&T commercials? The one that everyone was in love with? Sure. Viliana Weintraub, she was supposed to be playing Squirrel Girl, who is like, she's kind of like low-key, like a yeah. Marvel favorite and stuff like that. She controls squirrels and has the you've seen her in a lot of different little random things she has the proportionate strength of a squirrel a squirrel girl and she once defeated dr doom so she's got some clout it was going to be this type of show that 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 kind of like straddled the line of like comedy and superhero action and stuff like that it was it was supposed to be a lot of fun uh however apparently the the pilot sucks no one wants to pick it up and not even disney plus wants to pick it up so it's canceled not happening not going anywhere. The pilot is the only thing that exists of it, and nobody outside of the studio system has really seen it, unfortunately. It's common in Hollywood. This stuff happens all the time. It is what it is. Dude, you, you, and Marvel should be gun-shy because they, they put out that Inhumans you know, pilot that was two hours long. They they paid money Big to money. put it on IMAX screens for people to go see it. Yeah. And the problem was when you blew those effects up and you put them on IMAX in clear digital you picture, see all you the see problems. all the problems. Then it looks like a TV show or a TV money. It was effects. a TV show. Well, that's what I'm saying. TV effects exactly. don't translate right. to a movie screen and not just a movie screen, fucking IMAX. Not only that, the, 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 the storyline kind of sucked. The acting sucked and it, it. It just nothing was firing on all cylinders for it. I did watch the pilot and stuff, but I didn't pay money to see it for Christ's sakes. So, you know, maybe maybe Disney's just and Marvel, they're, they're you know, with a failure like that under them. They're like, you know what? Let's not force things that don't work. Let's not force things that 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 no one in our in our circle is liking. We, we can't force our audience to like it as well. Right. So smart business stuff. 
Next news story. All right, Jay. Todd Phillips has come out to say he has no plans personally. Personally, he has no plans for a Joker sequel. He's not going to do a Joker sequel. It's not going to happen. Uh, I, I like. They've announced that since day one. I like that he's saying that. I really do. Let's see what Warner Brothers says once the box office starts rolling in for it. If if it really is truly what they're what, what everyone's saying that it is, and it starts making some boogoo fucking bucks in the next couple of weeks because it's coming out at a great time in early October when there's nothing else out. And it's got that DC logo on it, and it's uh, it's a fan favorite character that that's starring in it. It might wind up getting more butts in the seats than people were expecting it to do. Oh, it's already projected at over a hundred million dollars over the opening weekend, dude. That's got sequel written all and over. And for it. a movie like this, now Joaquin psh, Phoenix is not a sequel guy. He himself has said he never wants to do sequels. That's why he didn't do Doctor Strange. He turned it down. Yeah, because he didn't want to be. He didn't want to sign contracts. He doesn't like doing that. But we'll see what happens in the future, man. Because money talks so well next news story all right this this is the 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 most like bullshit news story in the entire world i'm sorry for even be bringing this up to everybody dan Aykroyd's going to return for uh ghostbusters 2020 uh he's going to be playing race dance look he's a producer on the film he's a writer on the film <laughs> of course he was going to be in the fucking movie uh, of course of course he's going to be can do whatever the fuck you want but what's intriguing is that you know he's saying he's going to be race dance so if he's Ray Stance and not doing some bullshit cameo as a cabbie saying, ah, it's just a class five free forming vapor, nothing to worry about. You know, he's not doing some stupid shtick like that. Then, uh, it kind of gives me hope for the film that they're, uh, you know, maybe it's doing it right. Dan Aykroyd's not always the best barometer for, for measurement on whether someone's doing something right because he also appeared as Ray Stance in Casper, the friendly ghost, mm-hmm. <laughs> the live action movie, uh, where he's like, he said, no, that's canon. I was Ray Stance in that movie. I was the Ghostbuster. And I ran away from Casper and his and his and his ghostly gruesome uncles. <laughs> so uh, take it with a grain of salt. It kind of has me, uh, you know, a little bit excited for, for for the 2020 Ghostbusters. But what has me more excited for that 2020 Ghostbusters, as we talked when we broke the news story, well, we didn't break it, but when we reported on it last, is that. Uh, Jason Reitman is directing it, and I have a lot of faith in him that he's really the one that's that's holding the pen in the end. It's and not certainly exciting, yes. Next news story. All right, Jay, final news story. We get the Birds of Prey poster. We got that extremely lackluster trailer that appeared before it, which I guess purposely was a fake out to everybody in the crowd where the balloons come up and you think the, the clown's coming and it turns out to be Harley Quinn. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those in a while. And they, they, they played that you card. You liked it? I, I, I When I saw it, I was like, fuck this. Like, fuck you and fuck this. It's exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, it's 100% what they were trying to do. Uh, this could be a hot mess and or it could be a hot ball of fun so the poster has harley quinn sporting a new tattoo uh it's pink around her neck and it says mind over mayhem which is meant to represent the fact that she's a more thoughtful individual now she's no longer under the joker's spell and she's doing things for herself hence mind over mayhem um and it sees all the rest of the cast they are present there it, with their uh with, with their cherubic wings and they're flying around in her batshit crazy Crazy head, which is kind of like what this film's going to be, because the subtitle of it is The Fabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. So, <laughs> this is like, like we said before, this is very much uh, uh, the Harley Quinn movie mixed with Birds of Prey. And, you know, in the rest of the 
in which the rest, I think is the smarter way to do it. In the rest of the poster, we're kind of getting our, our looks at uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who will be playing the Huntress, Journey Smollett Bell, who is playing Black Canary, Sandra Kane, who's playing Ella J. Basco, Renee Montoyas, who's playing Rosie Perez. I'm sorry, every time I see Rosie Perez. Can't help but think of White Man Can't Jump. It's really the only thing I know. I her know, from. me too. <laughs> that and Money Train. Wasn't she in Money Train? No, it was Jennifer Lopez in Money Train. And uh, it shows Black Mask, who's being played by a guy you and I love. Hello there. Ewan McGregor. Who may be the only reason that I go see this movie is Ewan McGregor. I know. It's funny how you and I could be so hopeful for for uh, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. And we can look at Birds of Prey and just go, ah, now. <laughs> I, yeah, nah. I, I mean, I just don't know anything about it. I don't know what to make of it. It's, could, it, it all depends on the story and the script, like how, how they write the characters, how the story is. I don't think it's going to be too much But let's face it, effects, with their marketing but, so far, even, you know, you and I are just like, the way everything seems, it seems pretty hodgepodge. She's pretty mismatched. It seems like... I know, it's a bit of a mess. It I know. seems like, 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 like they had two ideas that they wanted to do. You know and what they, they should be doing? They should be together. doing the Deadpool route and they can't even do something I like think, that. I think that's 100% what they're trying to ape. I think they're... Wait until marketing... They're, they're trying trying to sort of trickle that in but it's not quite working wait wait until marketing gets full flung on this i i really do think that this is going to wind up being deadpool like that's i think that's exactly what they are trying to do with this now this doesn't release until february 7th of this year so come october Probably with the Joker film, we're going to get a full trailer for this. Yes. I think that's when we're going to get a full trailer. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to do a, a full trailer. Me and Jay didn't do a trailer park breakdown for the last trailer because it was literally it, it one wasn't worthy. second clip. No, no. Not enough for us to really pick anything apart to talk about. But when we get that full trailer, we'll definitely dive in deep. Oh, absolutely. And me and Jay will be able to start forming, you know, more opinions. More of a cohesive thought right. of this movie. Because right now, we really have no idea what to say about Our thought is it. based off of Warner Brothers and their track record that we've had with them and kind of what we're seeing from the marketing. And it just doesn't seem like it's anything you and I are like, you know, let's go see this. With the exception of Ewan McGregor, I might pay to see Ewan McGregor as Black Mask because you and I both watched the... Uh, Batman Under the Red Hood and Black Mask is great in that, right? Great. <laughs> really great. So, he just punches one of his own thugs in the I face. I love it. Love it. <laughs> so I'm hoping you and McGregor can kind of play it with like that level of unhinged I anger. I hope so. Yeah. I really do. I, I hope, would love I hope they don't do a PG-13 version of it. Here's you know, how like, I picture you and McGregor in it. Very suave, very debonair, very like, you know, very charming and stuff like that. Loses it on the drop of a dime though. And like and That'd I would cool. love to see you and McGregor that would losing be pretty it cool. like that. So, well, that's something we don't see enough of, you know. Well, that's going to do it for me and Jay's news this week. Let's head over. Let's get into some beers because me and Jay got a top five for realistic space that's movies right. to come. I'm thirsty.
Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, we're going to drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA-approved hangover cure. What it is, two tablets that you drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water. You drink that down, and your hangover starts to feel better immediately. Yep. So if you drove into the city for a boxcar legends event, and you're just feeling oh-so-super indie, walking around in your plaid shirt with your mustache curled just right and your square frame glasses on and you were doing a little bit of a whiskey tasting and you had just a little bit too much to drink, then you're going to want to reach for yourself some blowfish. So head over to fourhangovers.com. Use the promo code SMBFISH and get your 15% off. You needn't take it any further, sir. I'm cured. Praise God. You're not cured yet, boy. Super Movie Brothers is no longer brought to you by the PodCoin app because the PodCoin app is no longer. So Therefore, we can no longer do ads for PodCoin. You cannot find Super Movie Brothers on PodCoin, nor can you find any podcast on PodCoin, because PodCoin does not exist. Bye-bye. It is dead. It has ceased to be. And... Yeah. Trial and error. It's a shame. If you're still holding on to any coins, and the app is still up at the time that you're hearing this, make sure that you donate those coins, because I donated my coins, and I fed some puppies with it, and I feel better about that. You should, Dave. (laughs) All right, Jay, you're drinking a beer, man. Uh, It's a beer that I drank before, uh, and I didn't like it, so let's hear what you've got to take on it. It's not too bad. It is the Chamonix Creek Brewing Company's 1682. It is 5.8 alcohol by volume. And I believe. 16 dickety two? We have to use the word dickety because the Kaiser stole our word for 80. I know, right? You would think. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So this one is. It's it's an interesting little beer because it doesn't have a traditional type of flavor. It's it's kind of like a Kolsch. Is that how you pronounce it? A yeah. Kolsch, yeah, it's Kolsch. A Kolsch beer. And it's wet hopped, if I remember right. Yeah, it is wet hopped. And yeah. it's got a lot of different kind of little flavor notes to it. And it is mild. It's very drinkable. Um, but it is kind of flat. It doesn't have any kind of great flavors that really wants wants you to keep coming back to another can, you know, of this beer. Right. Um, it's kind of a one and doneer, I would say, for the most part. It's, so it's kind of like it's a little unfortunate. It's traditional German meets, you know, East Coast pale ale. Like that's that's what it is. Yeah. And it doesn't do either of those things very well at all. It's to me, it's it's just fine. I'm not I'm not I'm not hating it on it too too much, but um, it's a two point seven five for me. Out of five, I, 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 it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be when you were kind of down on it, but um, it's not the best either. All right, and I am drinking Paper Trail Indian Pale Ale, and this is from Urban Village Brewing Company out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right off of Second Street in good old No Libs. Oh yeah, yeah, Northern Liberties. Ah right, man, this thing is—it's uh, pretty well crafted. Uh, it's very, very dry hopped up front. It's got nice, juicy, mellow notes in the middle. Finishes off with just a slight bit of bitter. Leaves your tongue feeling a little bit cottony. It, 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 it's got it's got some great flavor. It just doesn't really like nail it home. You know what I mean? Like there's there's right. no one bold flavor that stands out where you're just like, wow, God, yeah, that's good. But it is it is it is pretty it is pretty all right. Like I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying my time with it here. And the can design is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a hipster. Uh, like like a Northern Liberties hipster in his flannel and his jeans with a sideways trucker cap, but the hipster is uh 
Mr. Moneybags from 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 Monopoly. Yeah, but he's dressed as a hipster. So yeah, it's uh, it's all kinds of clevers and whatnots. But uh, you know, I, I do I do like this. Uh, I'm giving it a three point seven five. It's not like it's not anything magical. It's not anything perfect. But it's a very good beer. I really I really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So three point seven five. All right, Jay. You and I got a top five list to do. Yes. Neither one of us got ourselves out to the theaters to see anything. The other thing that really came out that was worth going to see was Hustlers, but you and I had an extremely busy weekend. We did. And we're both looking forward to seeing Ad Astra. Very much so. We spent some of our free time going over some of the other realistic space movies that 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 are out there you know i mean we, we could talk about space movies that are sci-fi and sci-fi stuff. fantasy right. stuff like that but we really tried to stay away from that yeah um, stuff even any kind of like really like like even like an armageddon type movie right. something grounded in real qualify, science right. i would have allowed armageddon i told you last night that's allowed if you wanted it, 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 it it's it's close yeah yeah so, <laughs> so but but something that's that that's somewhat grounded in real science in real and real reality like if if Neil deGrasse Tyson has done <laughs> has done a commentary for it, it could go on this list. That's that that's the way I'm looking at it. So let's go over and let's do our top five. Let's what, what do you say? Realistic space films, realistic space movies. Yeah, that's sure. fine. Why not? Realistic sure. space movies. All right. Fair warning. Luca has entered uh, the studio. So uh, if you hear some heavy breathing, uh, something that sounds like a creeper, uh, like you want to, you know, call child social services because there's a pedophile on the loose, that's my dog. Uh, <laughs> Believe it or not, it's not me. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not Jeff. <laughs> uh, Luca has a habit of just uh, wanting to get underneath the table, put his face up while we're recording and stuff. Well, let's be honest, he's our mascot. Yeah, so you gotta let him do his thing. You hear some knocks, you hear some bumps. It's uh, it's not it's not Jay's drunk ass, uh, you know, dropping something. It's it's my dog. Anyway. We didn't have a movie to review this week, although we did get Battle of Big Rock, which was fun to watch and fun to talk about. We didn't we didn't go to the theaters. We didn't see Hustlers because it really wasn't either you or I's bag. That clearly smacks of something that we would watch 100% on a Saturday night on HBO. Not something we'd pay to go to the theaters to see. So what do we do, Jay? What do we do when we don't have a movie to review? Oh, we do a top five. That's what we're going to do. So uh, well, We love our top five. Yeah, we do. And and you and I are excited about Ad Astra coming out next week. Yes. This, this Brad pit film that looks very much like almost like a, a thriller because they're kind of adding that level of mystery to it with what's going on with Tommy Lee Jones. And well, I think it's actually secretly more of an understated film. So uh, w- while watching the trailers, I was like, okay, so this is like, contact 2019 right maybe yeah maybe. so we, may, maybe contact will be on one of our lists because we're going to be doing top five realistic space movies so when we say realistic what we say is we wanted them to be somewhat grounded in like real science in some way where you feel like this is something that could be real so like things like serenity or could happen yeah right you things like star trek serenity star wars all that stuff is out. Like this is more stuff that's grounded in reality. It's NASA or it's something of the ilk, and it's not too far flung in the future, like Alien or anything like that. That we that that, that we can't resonate with the technology that we're looking. Well, my at. number five could be way up your list, or could be crossing the line. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. All right. Well, that's. I'm Jay, just saying. I'm throwing it out there. Let's get into it. Okay. What is your number five realistic space movie? So, Interstellar. Everybody good? Plenty of slaves for my robot colony? 
get in the humor settings. We fit in better with this unit. Thinks it relaxes us. A giant sarcastic robot. What a great idea. I just absolutely respect and adore this movie because of what Christopher Nolan's you know and 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 let's just be honest Jonathan Jonathan Nolan actually wrote this along with him had this vision had the balls had the equipment and the detail oriented aspect to really go for broke ambitious as fuck I ambitious as fuck but again to keep it under my number five the fact that it was not having it didn't have the rewatchability for me and it was so so bald so out there so intelligent where it was a little too intelligent for me i think at times all right fair <laughs> enough fair enough i i for you I can see that. <laughs> Something too yes. intelligent for you. Uh, I deeply appreciate this movie. There's so many good things in it. It gets heavy into physics for sure. Like that's and, that, and that's where it kind of loses me sometimes. Where at, at times, like that's kind of like the meat and potatoes of this story. Like this story couldn't right. happy couldn't happen without these these heavy sure quantum physics to go because anytime you want something to sound expensive jay just add quantum in front quantum. of it yeah, yeah that's why i tell or customers at work kind. i tell i tell customers <laughs> at work i was like oh yeah your uh quantum torque converter is actually frozen so we're gonna have to replace your entire transmission they're like wow quantum torque converter i was like yeah uh it actually powers your car by traveling it through space and time through a wormhole <laughs> It's going to cost you 5000 bucks. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jay, my number five is a film that you and I previously kind of said shouldn't be on this list. And then I said, fuck you. You don't tell me what goes on my list. I think I know which one. It's a little bit of a rebellious streak for me. It's Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Oh, you fucking cunt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Our son is dying. Mankind faces extinction. Sixteen months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our mission, reignite the sun before it's too late. Welcome to Icarus 2. Oh, man, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, it's pretty far flung in the future, I I'll admit. And I some love that movie. And some of the science in it is, it it it's not as grounded as a could but it's they really did try with the with the uh we got with, with with the with the uv filters and stuff like that and the heat shielding on it so like yeah. i when i watch it i buy the science of it extremely well like i buy the science of it i feel like this you know in the year 2300 maybe Maybe this is something that could happen. Yeah, that's Luca moving. Sorry. <laughs> uh, maybe this is something that, that could happen, but it's very much a problem that is grounded in, in realistic science as well. Our star, our sun will die someday. Yes, and I and that's a one of the great things about this story. Yeah, because I mean, it's a plausible thing. Just, it's going to happen. We just got we just got a movie this year, Jay. That right. was called "The Sun Is Also a Star." Never had truer words been said, Crusader. Because all stars die; they become they become you know red giants, some of them, and then become white dwarves, and and then they they they, they fizzle out and they die before the entire universe collapses in on itself again, and then explodes miraculously in a great ball of fire and explosion. Blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, open and close universe theory and all that quantum physics, quantum, 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 quantum. I <laughs> it's it's a superior film. It is until possibly the final act, for, so where for, it loses a lot of people. For me, it doesn't lose me in the final act. I just understand 
understand that the film is changing gears from this sci-fi setting. It almost goes to a thriller to a to a, to a horror film. It, it almost goes like Tarantino and Once right. Upon a Time in Mex- or Hollywood because it, it's just. But it sets its third act up well because it, they pepper in throughout that staring at the sun. Sure, sure. A, a, a anything less than one percent of 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 the shield's right. capability can cause sun psychosis, which is where the entire like antithesis for this script came from Mm -hmm. and i look i i like the characters in it i love killian murphy in it you know i i I don't love some of the ancillary characters in it like rose byron's chris evans chris evans is okay in it i love his sacrifice scene spoilers sorry true but this film came out you know two or three years after 28 days later so if you hadn't seen it then shame on you i just i I really like this film i feel like it's an underrated danny boyle film much like the beach where it's another danny boyle film that i really enjoy um i never liked the beach oh i like the beach however it's been a while since i've seen it so i believe there's a there's a tv show in the make for the beach too really yeah they're bringing they're bringing i'm probably due for a revisit to be honest because i i it's been some time look sunshine it's it's I I love the visuals of it too. So many mm. so many sci-fi movies and so many of these realistic space films are filled with fluorescent lighting because like you, you know you're you, it's space it's darkness and stuff. So they have this That's the kind of lighting that they this, would use in these ships. Is, this right. is different. This is bright. This is yellow. This is sunshine. Like that's the mm. lighting they use the sun. And I, I love that. And anytime they're in, they get into the interior of the ship and they're and they're they're talking about things that are not near the sunlight, it's it's a very dark conversation and stuff like. So like it, it, they did something with the cinematography for it as well that really like sells this sun psychosis like third act twist that yeah. a lot of people have problems with. But to me, it, it just makes visual and just third act structure sense to me that it that it would come to this point. So that's my number five, Jay. I don't want to belabor on it too too much since I know it's not on your list no obviously um you know i like that movie a lot so i'm not gonna knock on you for putting it on your list but you're mad at me because i didn't let you put it on yours (laughs) sort of because to be honest it probably would be on my list um but maybe just number five but anyway what's your number four i will put gravity at number four explorer this is houston go ahead houston mission abort repeat mission abort Explore. This is Kowalski confirming visual contact with debris. I really adore and love the spectacle of this movie. I mean, at the time, this was something that was mind-boggling. Saw this, this in like IMAX ex- 3D. Didn't this have like an extremely short filming cycle too? Like, wasn't this like not filmed over like a very long time? Like, this was very much uh, a short. It's only an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, it was a short. I, 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 I'm pretty. I know you didn't do the research, so I'm sorry to put you on the spot. But I think this was a very short like filming schedule. For for them like i know george clooney was only on set for like two days well he is a very small character in this movie he has essentially two scenes um three ish maybe um but but he is pivotal as far as the story and and for at least ryan played by sandra bullock so um you know there was an accident the two astronauts they were you know they were working together on this mission and then after this accident happens she loses her partner played by george clooney and uh sandra bullock's character ryan is 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 left on her own without any kind of contact trying to figure out a way to survive and navigate her way back home and safe and sound to earth i love it i like i i I saw this movie twice i'd want to say i i do love the film me too only only twice i i I am due for a revisit but can i be honest neil degrasse tyson ruined this film for me 
Really? Yeah. So I, I, one of my secret favorite things that kind of what spawned this list was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson loves doing uh, movie commentaries for these type of realistic sci-fi films that uh, are grounded in real science and stuff like that. And he loves blowing their real science apart and destroying it. And one of the things he, he blew apart was <sighs> the whole space debris moving as fast as it did to destroy the shuttle that they were fixing and stuff. So I, I remember hearing some flack about certain things with that yeah but um he also talked about like he talks about trajectory and all that but he gets super into physics when oh he's my talking God. About See, yeah how do you but live the, your life man but these are the type of movies that we're talking about like if like the movies on our list if neil degrasse tyson has done <laughs> has done a commentary for it, it it could go on this list and that is true and he's done <laughs> that's it that's funny yeah. and he's done it for yeah, gravity yeah. so yeah, it yeah, could yeah. go on this list look if you are a a super uber nerd like me and you love just absorbing information like a a stupid parrot to repeat it like a sponge like i do then watch neil degrasse tyson's go watch his commentaries or listen to his commentaries for for some of these movies because it'll blow your fucking mind but he's also extremely entertaining and he makes you laugh like like I, I I watch it because I love knowing stupid facts about nothing. Like that, that that's what I do in life. Like is I know things for no other reason than to use them in this medium that we do. Uh, but like Neil deGrasse Tyson is also entertaining to me, and he blew this film apart while, while watching it. But he also pays a lot of respects, especially for that George Clooney scene that we're, we're oh, just discussing. Oh, all right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I love this film, and I it's not on my list, but only because I think Jay I've only seen it twice i want to say yeah well i saw it twice as well but it also knocked you know my socks off and i certainly respect what the filmmakers did and what sandra bullock did with this movie and i really highly enjoyed it it's a great intimate character study of survival but also some fun and physics as well it really takes like i know we're going a little long here but that's one more thing like it really takes space like you know we watch these survival movies right like and it's taught it's like i said it's only 90 minutes long so it's it's a very compact film we watch these survival movies like let's say like the edge (laughs) with anthony hopkins and alec baldwin and and they're going up against a bear, right? Like, or we watch 127 hours where his arm is trapped, or we watch, you know, Christopher McCandles in uh, Into the Wilderness and stuff like that. Sure. Man versus nature. This is, you know, woman, you know, human versus the vacuum of space, right? Like, like that is that's the thriller aspect of it. Because there's that's a few times in this yeah. movie where like my heart's in my chest. I'm like, she's, she's fucking running out of air. She's running out of air. Like, what is she going to do? She got to the Chinese thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, like you, you get excited for her. And, and about, like a big that. part of that is because of Kron. You know, he, yeah. he's an f- excellent filmmaker. Big fan. All right. Uh, my number four, Jay, is our good buddy, Ridley Scott. I, I understand. No one really liked Prometheus. And Fox doesn't want me to do Alien Covenant because no one liked Prometheus. So I'm going to go over and I'm going to make myself the Martian. I'm going to make the Martian. I'm going to take this book everyone fucking loves. I'm going to fucking make it. And everyone's going to fucking suck my dick. And then I'll get to ruin the Alien franchise all over again. (sighs) I really (laughs) hope people are going to be able to see Dave's impression on YouTube now. (laughs) 
just just my Ridley Scott oh drinking his scotch and yes. smoking his cigar, which yes. is the sound. I'll let you hold my bourbon when you're gonna do that like <laughs> shtick. I'll pass you a cigar. You'll we'll have a studio cigar for you just to bite on right. when you're doing his impression. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's just like yeah, I'll be your studio shooter. I'll do what you want me to do. <laughs> Uh, and, and and that's that's Ridley Scott to me. I know it's not what he really sounds like, but uh, that's look. our <laughs> Super Movie Bros interpretation <laughs> of Ridley Scott. Look, Ridley Scott, like he, he did this film that is that is based <laughs> on a fan favorite novel. Like people who read this novel absolutely loved it, and you know it's it, it, it is a really good novel. And it, I I would say you know I I read the novel. I actually like the film better uh, because of Matt Damon. I think Matt Damon's acting as as absolutely Watney is. Yeah fantastic i'm about to leave for the scaparelli crater where i'm going to commandeer the aries 4 lander nobody explicitly gave me permission to do this and they can't until i'm on board the aries 4 so that means i'm going to be taking a craft over in international waters without permission which by definition makes me a pirate mark watney space pirate there's this line in the film that I absolutely love. It's the clip that I played before it was coming in about being, you know, space pirate, right? Like, I, I love that line. I just love this idea of both this geopolitical uh, aspect that's going on on Earth while there is the very real world survival situation of dealing with a planet that, you know, and, and living on this planet and surviving for 200 odd some days. Meanwhile, the crew in space who's on their way home decides to come back and, and you know, risk court-martial and mutiny to to rescue their comrade and stuff it's a wonderful story and it's really well told it has a a, a good amount of laughs and a good amount of feel-good moments in it but it also has a lot of action it has a lot of drama and i don't think anyone else could have played this role but matt damon and i gotta say like ridley scott is not the reason that this is on my list as much as i respect ridley scott as as a filmmaker from the 80s Nothing past that. Nothing past that one. The ways really, except for Gladiator. You know, I I really respect the performance that Matt Damon put into this because I thought it was fantastic. Well, I do like Matchstick Men, by the way. <laughs> I am still a sucker for that movie. Ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat until you pissed blood? <laughs> Oh, we have to put that clip in. Oh. All right, Jake. What is your number three? My number three is First Man. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. All right. I knew this had to make your list because this is from your boy. Say his name properly so I don't make fun of it too much. Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. Yes. Damien Chazelle. It is written by Josh Singer, who did Spotlight, well, The he's, Post. He's, you know, he's done by, some good things. Uh, the guy and, who did The Post. And, uh. Yes. So <laughs> th- this this follows Neil Armstrong and his journey, along with other people at the time, for the space race. You know, the classic space race against Russia to try and be the first you know country, first people to land on the moon successfully and return home. You know, there's a stellar, stellar, deep cast. Um, I'm not even going to list the names all top notch one of the great things about this movie for me even though it's not a perfect movie um it does get better with repeat viewings i know it's very it's very old-fashioned in some ways and very dull at some points as well and understated it is very poignant it's very emotional at times but it's also very thrilling because there are some action sequences that are absolutely top notch and really you know, edge of your seat that you we haven't seen before in any kind of action or state or space movie before, and it's 
completely thrilling. I like that aspect, and he try to keep it more of a practical effect element more with it. Are you, you know? done? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I, I watched this movie. You know I watched this movie. I reviewed it on the show. I, I enjoyed the movie for what it was in the practical nature of it retelling the story of of the space race from, from Neil Armstrong's point of view. I really felt that Ryan Gosling's performance was something that I had seen from Ryan Gosling before. It was very much his character and drive. You know, it's 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 very quiet. It's very understated. There's an emotion that is going on under the surface of this placid nature of the character. And I respect him because he does that really well. But he, he's apparently that's that how well. Neil Armstrong was. So, I'm not, I'm not you know, disputing that's, that. That's partially the problem, though. That's disputing. the thing because he is a but very what this, stoic person. In the end, watching this movie, what I realized this movie was, was this was two hours of me leading up to a man who walked on the moon, walked to a canyon and threw a, a a piece of junk jewelry into it and then shrugged his shoulders and walked away it's what every american does when we see the grand canyon we go well all right well that was it all right let's go <laughs> Eh, it's over. It was. It was. It was. Look, the spectacle that was around it didn't match. Di- didn't match what was going on on screen for me. Like the the. Yeah, know. I I think I think he took his time with it a so. little too much. I think he needed to tighten up Although, the, the the running time I'll a little say bit more. This, it was nominated for its visuals, but it was also nominated and won for sound editing. And hundred percent, I agree. Like one of the best. One of the best. Like uh, you know, sound editing yeah. things I have heard. Like it's it's amazing. There was. Moments it, when you I was, felt like you were in that tin can. I, I saw this. In, I saw this in Dolby theaters, right? So, like at, at that yeah. moment that he's in the plane and pieces of it are falling apart. Like I got, even though I know Neil Armstrong has to survive because the year on it says 1959, and I know motherfucker walks on the, walks on the moon <laughs> 1969. So I know that one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I know he says it. I know he can't die here. But the sound editing was so jarring and just so like you know, like how did these guys? Yeah, do this it, you know it's amazing like, i felt it in my chest because i was seeing adobe fear and i feared for him for like there, there were times especially when he was testing the lunar level and he was mm. they're flying around and like the whole thing falls apart he crashes and he's walking away from it and there's a fiery wreck behind him and they're just and he's all bloody face <laughs> all yeah bloody face. it's there's it's a lot of cool really stuff. good you know things about this Jay, I'm the, I, I i just give you a bunch of shit but like to me like when i watched the movie that's what i thought about i thought about the time that people went to the grand canyon looked over the edge and went huh Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, getting to the moon should have been more of a spectacle than just him, like, uh, but they well, wanted to tell an emotional story is what I, was what I understood. But also, from. but the cool thing is they, they only shot that sequence in IMAX with the IMAX cameras. So, like, when it does come up on screen, it's a jaw-dropping revelation. I mean, because everything else was shot in film small 16 millimeter 35 millimeter fair enough all right my number three j is another one like first man which is based on true events a true story was beautifully directed wonderfully acted and the practical effects for it were so well done jay they actually flew real planes all the way up to the stratosphere and then dropped them down plummeted them down to create the weightlessness of space that's what ron howard did jay for apollo 13 Mm. and then if you could uh give your oxygen tanks a stir what did you do nothing i stirred the tanks whoa uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. 
I love this movie. Yes. I, I, I'm a huge history buff. My whole family's huge history. My dad's a history buff. My brother teaches American history. So, like, watching this movie, like, uh, watching this movie, I actually think of the Wonder Years uh, episode where Kevin can't figure out what his mom's doing every day and he thinks his mom lost the receipts to, like, taxes or his mom's cheating on his dad. And he follows her to the church and all she's doing is lighting candles for the astronauts that are lost out in space. Like, it was such an event at the time when when sp- the space race and, and sending people into space was at such a fever pitch in our country that, like, it affected everyday lives, the fact that these men might, might not make it back and it might have ruined national pride and it might have ruined the fact that 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 we were winning the space race it would have it would have tarnished it would have made it feel what would have cheapened it in a way but you know uh not only that like people were just behind them surviving because we believed in sending people to space so much we don't believe that so much anymore as a country we don't believe in that exploration aspect not nearly as much but this film perfectly captures how three men in a tin can you know perfectly encapsulate what it means to be astronauts and there's this moment with uh with tom hanks where he's jim lovell and he's on a tv interview and he's talking about you know how he's been in tight spots before you know his entire instrument panel went out the screen the, it, it was dark outside he needed to land his plane he couldn't find where the aircraft carrier was but you know once all the instruments went out he was able to see the algae that was getting stirred up in the in the ocean that was glowing for him and it was just leading him home. And I love that. And there's this moment where like his mother is like looking at one of his children and she's like, are you upset? You know, and, and the kid like shakes his head and she's like, don't worry about it. If they can make a washing machine fly, my Jimmy can fly. It. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love there's moments in this movie that just feel so great line. fucking American. Just so fucking fuck. Yeah. You know, and. I yeah I, I I love this movie, but it also gets really heavy into like NASA and also just this real event and like how they solved problems on the fly. Like you almost feel like that doesn't happen anymore, but then you get like a true to life story that's that that's more contemporary and stuff like that, and you realize stuff like people like that still exist. It's just uh man, it's just a timeless a timeless film that's really well made by Ron Howard, and there's very few films by Ron Howard that I can say that about. True, true. So, all right, Jay, what is your number two, man? Mine is The Martian. All right. So, yeah. this really Scott film, I'm like, you know, you you hit it pretty well. As I far fucking as- make this movie for Jay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, I was making it. I, the only person I could think about was what is Jay from Super Movie Brothers going to think of The Martian? Exactly. And yeah. I was blown away. I was very pleasantly surprised. <sighs> <laughs> and this was, you know written by drew goddard and and drew goddard has done you know the cabin in the woods and a lot of interesting projects so so when i talked about the fun that was in the script from drew goddard that levity it's true goddard yeah. yes and i think um that was probably why it's on the top tier of my top five because of the fun and the rewatchability along with the great ensemble cast and of course this is 100% Matt Damon, and Matt Damon kills it. Yeah. I mean, he. he I mean, he, is Sebastian Stan good in it? Sure. Is Jessica Chastain good in it? Sure. But who stands out? Oh, I mean, this is 100% Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Nobody remembers Jessica Chastain in this movie. Right. Nobody remembers Sebastian Stan. I don't think I anyone mean, could have been as charismatic as, as Matt Damon was in this film. Like, I, But also know, be able to 
convey that kind of humanity and also dire stress of the situation at hand, but realizing that he has to stay positive because there is no other option. And growing to and growing potatoes and shit was pretty cool. Well, sure, <laughs> absolutely. But like the, the the reality of the his situation, how to, to navigate it, and how to try and stay. Um, positive even through the worst of times and yeah it was such a, a beautiful movie all the way through i mean it's not a perfect movie but it's a great great really movie that is oh, absolutely you know who one shines in this ones. who we weren't even thinking about but you know who really shines in this jeff daniels oh yeah yeah jeff daniels and donald glover uh i love when donald glover shows up I in this film don't oh, i love donny uh, i know i, I know it. i loved it he really went on a limb with that one yeah, I his it. performance was very bold. <laughs> All right. Didn't love it, but I, I definitely understand with the Jeff Daniels aspect. Yeah, it was great. All right, Jay, my number two needs a musical introduction. It's 2001, A Space Odyssey. I have still yet to finish this movie. You, oh, my God. And it's fucking sad for me to say I that. Get it, dude. It's sad. Because you're a film buff. Uh, yeah. And, and you haven't and seen this And this is film. like I mean, 100% must-watch film. I mean, this is like Jack. supposed to be one of the best things ever created <laughs> to yeah. some people. And right, I Jay, still have yet to get through it. Here's how important this film was when it was made. My dad... Make this a movie homework, please. My dad had to go <laughs> see this movie on a field trip. Oh, wow. They were taking kids to to, to class, like out of class, to go to the theater to see this well, movie. Well, at the time, this was... I mean, this, this changed cinema. Yeah. I mean, when this came out, this 100% changed cinema. I... I understand and respect that um aspect for it but i almost feel bad that it's not my number one <laughs> like, like that's i feel yeah. bad like yeah it probably should be uh because of how much it changed cinema just the practical effects of it just the spectacle of it just the fucking way it looked like like the message of the film like this is a film that people have been dissecting for years you can watch it each time and come away with a different fucking conclusion to it it's so deep and it's so uh god stanley Kubrick was just a fucking genius at the top of his fucking game and if you are like jay and you haven't seen this movie watch it i know it's going to start off in a way where you're like what the fuck is going on it's going to take you in a direction where you start to get a little bit of a story and then you're going to get some musical numbers of things floating in space and you're like what the fuck is going on your story is going to continue and you get some more floating things in space where you're going to be like what the fuck's going on <laughs> this then is probably gonna, where i fell asleep then you're going to get the end of the movie and you're going to be like what the fuck did i just watch <laughs> and then you're going to get the the like the, the baby floating in space and you're like yeah fuck it i don't know what the fuck's going on but the more and more you watch it the more and more it starts making this weird backwards sense to you. Like the more and more you pick up on little things in dialogue, but you start picking up on the visuals that you were getting from Stanley Kubrick, the more it makes sense to you. I know I started off talking about movies that I can watch in mute at some point during this episode. This movie's beautiful. Mm. You can watch it in mute. There's some, yeah, sure. There's dialogue. Yeah, sure. Hal has lost his mind and that dialogue at the end is pretty important, but Fuck. It's just a feast for the eyes. This film, like that's that's what it comes down to, and it really revolutionized filmmaking when it was when it came out. And I can't I can't stress that enough. If you are like Jay and you haven't seen it, 
fuck. Stop listening to Super Movie Bros. Go watch 2001 A Space Odyssey and join Jay on Patreon next month as he watches 2001 A Space Odyssey and me and Jay discuss it. Absolutely. This will be my movie homework and we will dive deep into it. And I can't wait. I like it. Because I like I've it. been wanting to do this for a long time, and I, all I need is look at you just generating content. Kick, for I the just, exactly, I need a kick in the balls, and this is one of those things where I always knew this had to be watched, and I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta prepare myself. I need a little bit more of a sober mind. <laughs> no scotch. I mean, uh, bourbon. Go nuts. Okay. Go nuts. Smoke weed if you want. Drop acid. I was almost thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, LSD, I think, is probably the right call. They call him fingers, but I never see him fing. Oh, there they go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Uh, before we get to number ones, uh, what any honorable mention? Something you want to drop? Just contact. Okay. Contact. Um, yeah. I, I, now, I, another I, Matthew McConaughey hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, was not a hit. A cult film, in a way, because not well-received movie. But in recent years, has found more footing than it had when it originally came out. Yes, it has, and, and that is a very true thing. And um, you know, one of the movies that I think at the time was super sh- uh, praised. I think looking back upon it because of the plausibility of a lot of aspects of it, and obviously, I keep on hearing in the zeitgeist in the in the movie bubble that the right stuff is supposed to be one of the best space movies out there i just have never seen it yet yeah so I also it's heard, just uh, one of those kind of movies i where never saw Stranded. it's been around for a long time since 1983 it came out highly regarded doing research but. for this i saw stranded was one of them which is another mm. story like the martian where a astronaut is stranded on a planet and stuff that came up on a lot of the uh lists that i was looking at as well and i hadn't seen it so i can't put it on my list uh so uh i you know i'll never put anything on a list that i haven't seen oh, of course yeah but absolutely. you know i I, I, These it, are personal lists, you know. This is what we. It made me intrigued to definitely sure, check it out. But, absolutely. Uh, my honorable mentions: Jay R. Moon, Sam Rockwell. I don't think it qualifies. It didn't qualify for the list, which is why I kept it off. It's a little bit, little bit too sci-fi, right? Is yeah. It, it it starts off. It's very, close. It's close. Starts off very realistic. It's you very feel close. like this is this is something that could be true, based in real science and stuff. And then it takes. I mean, it, beautifully, it, the third act goes into into a deep sci-fi delve that I think everyone should, should should take with the film go watch moon i think it's still available on amazon prime i believe it's also on hbo probably somewhere yeah. absolutely it's definitely streaming somewhere for you to check out uh but moon is wonderful sam rockwell is wonderful in it in multiple roles <laughs> not to spoil anything too much uh jay another one was one of yours gravity uh you had that on mm. your list but this one my final honorable mention this is just for dear old dad it's space cowboys <laughs> Dude, this is a film that I just like. Like, I just like I. It's just. It's one of your dad's favorite films. It's one of my dad's favorite movies. Yeah. Okay. It's just. It's just fun. You know. It's just. Yeah, I never saw it. It's just dumb fun. I think. I think our Patreon episode. We should. We should discuss 2001: A Space Odyssey, which is like this beautiful masterpiece of a film and stuff like that. And we should also watch Space Cowboys. compare and contrast and discuss them but look there's a russian satellite that has nuclear missiles on it and they and the russians stole the technology that that put that satellite into orbit from from one of the characters and now tommy lee jones donald sutherland james gardner and clint eastwood must go into space to disarm the nukes and uh you know help the satellite it sounds amazing and one of them has to take an unforgettable ride to the moon 
ruined in the end. So like, it's it's just fun. It's just fun. And, and the, it's literally on my list because this movie I never would have seen if my dad didn't watch it. My dad was actually telling me he just watched it on Netflix a couple a couple days ago. So wow. it is available on Netflix for people to watch. This is 100% an AARP type movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it is dumb fucking fun. So uh, <laughs> it made my list just for dear old dad. So. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, this one... Um yeah, that, that's that's definitely. I'm intrigued. I'll say that. Yeah, we'll we'll watch. I'm it. intrigued. It's, Eventually, maybe. It's we'll definitely say. it's definitely have a few beers and shut your brain off type movie. So, yeah, all right, Jay. All right, we're here, man. You're right. you're number one. Number one. What is it? Apollo 13. Roger. Let's tie all the batteries on a main A and main B. Flight, they're still shallowing a bit up there. Do you want to tell them? Is there anything we could do about it? Not now, Flight. And they don't need to know, do they? Copy that. Is my phone still a presence in the splash down here? Yeah. Here we got the, uh, the parachute situation, the heat shield, the angle of trajectory in the typhoon. There's just so many variables I'm a little I know what lost. the problems are, Henry. This could be the worst disaster NASA's ever experienced. With all due respect, sir. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Apollo 13. This is one of my early days um, movies that I saw. I mean, obviously, this came out in 95. I saw it probably in the late 90s. It's an amazing movie. Like, Did you watch it in school? For the first time? I I think I might have. Yeah, I think that's that's actually one of the first places I saw this movie. I've seen this quite a bit. Certainly over five times, I think, um, by now. And it's amazing. Of It's two hours and 20 minutes, and it goes by quick. It is a thriller. It is intelligent. It is well acted. It is well shot and directed. It is a plausible story. It has everything that you can possibly want in a space well, movie. Well, Jay, it's plausible because it fucking happens. <laughs> like, well, that's what I right, but I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's it's not a original story. When I watch this like, movie, do you remember? You know what I think of when I watch this movie now? Because I did just watch it about probably about two months ago. I was like, oh shit, Gary Sinise is in this. He used to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Apollo 13 reminds me of. Hey, he was Lieutenant Dan. He's still a thing to me. I I love that guy. He's fantastic. But I just adore this movie. I mean, it's just one of those movies that is a home run all around. I, you know, you talked about it earlier already, and I I, I completely concur with everything that you said but before. Could you, like, like, can you imagine being Ron Howard and being a camera crew and I'm like, all right, man, let's get in this plane that's gonna just plummet to Earth so everyone can. Yeah, I mean, at it's the time, a set on a plane that plummets to Earth. Yeah, like, that's crazy. I, this this movie must have been one of the biggest things out there um, 100% in Hollywood that year. 100% I mean, I, I mean, just groundbreaking stuff. I mean, they got. The, I mean, they had the cast. I mean, at the time, this is '90s fucking A list. You know, Kevin, <laughs> everybody in this movie. They had Kevin Bacon. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Bill, I mean, Bill Bacon. Paxton, yeah, yeah, Ed Harris, you know, like we said, you know, Gary Sinise, and uh, I mean, you know, this is just a, a magical movie that is so well done. Absolutely adore it. I love it. It's so rewatchable. I mean, if you guys have not seen it, I mean, please Everyone's, go find it. I think you. I but, think people are watching this in school still to this day. But I hope so. Jay, never have I agreed with a number one of yours more so than I do right now. So I mean, uh, I do love this movie. Yeah. I. I love true life history, and Thank I especially you. love the true life history of like the space race and stuff like that. I didn't. Put it just it- holds a close, you know. It's just so close to my heart because it, it, I grew up with it, you know, and it just stays with me. And it's it's just such a well done movie. Like Hidden Figures didn't make my list because there's no fucking space in that movie. No one goes to space in that movie. I mean, people are going to space, but not our main characters, not the people we're following. 
you know, for Christ's sakes. So, but I love that movie too because of its true to life like portrayal of the space race and stuff. Like, and, well, and, and it's and its characters. Uh, when I say true to life, I always mean through the Hollywood filter, obviously. But sure. uh, all right, Jay, my number one is a film you already talked about. Also, it is Interstellar. Ah, my number five. It was your number five, man. By the time I get back, we we might even be the same age, you and me. What? Imagine that. I have no idea when you're coming back. No idea. Oh! Oh, don't, don't mind. Don't make me leave like this. Come on, Murph. Don't make me leave like this, Murph. I'll be honest. I, I of, knew it was going to be probably high on your list. Out of I, I all did the, not. I wasn't. I didn't think it was going to be your number one, though. I must say that. Out of all the films on the list, maybe other than Apollo 13, this is the film I've watched the most. I know, like you. You know, you, you've watched it a few times and stuff like that. For me, I've probably seen this film seven, eight, maybe ten times. Like, I, mm. I, I own it on Blu-ray, but I actually, for quicker access, I actually have it saved from DVR on <laughs> on my on my set-top box because I watch it a fair bit. I, I, I'm not crazy about, like, the first act. I understand it exists for, like, the world building of what they're doing and stuff like that. But And for the emotional payoff exactly. at the end, yes. Um, but but also, like, you know, just, just the idea of, like, why they're going to space and stuff like that. The the, the physics around it, you know, you get closer to, to a black hole like they do. Time acts differently. They go down to a planet's surface for, for 10 minutes in the film. They return and a character is 30 years older. Stuff like that. Like, that type of stuff, like. Yeah, uh, it's I an extremely love, intelligent film, and it does require your brain to be working while you're watching this movie. I love that mind-bending stuff, but like yes. also that moment when, and the moment that always, I don't, I see a lot of memes that like really make fun of this moment, and to me, it breaks my heart every time. Probably because I have a daughter, but when, uh, when he gets uh, the video from his daughter, oh, I know, and he I breaks know. down crying, I cry every time. Jake. Oh, are you kidding? I lose it I, every time. Ugly. This is an ugly cry scene. McConaughey sells it so well. It does. And like the third act of the film, while story-wise doesn't work for me, as far as like the film goes, it doesn't work for me. The emotional payoff of it works for me, where like you know, they made the emotional payoff work for me for something that I don't buy. Like I don't buy this whole like right. center of the of the guitar strings and plucking it and making things happen. I don't buy that. Yeah, I but the emotional payoff that it's giving me, yes. I buy because Matthew McConaughey is selling it and you know And when you reflect back upon the first act, you can respect the nuances that they were showing us, you know, when you reflect upon it, especially after repeat viewings. So uh, yeah, I mean it. It it definitely does sell. And and what do you think about the ending, the very ending? Um, do you think that 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 hit the head for you? I mean, was that did you nail? Did they nail it for you? Like, did it did it satisfy you enough? Yeah, yeah, it hundred percent. Or was it more me. the journey that satisfied you? Uh, you know what? Uh, it, for me, it's the journey. It's the it's 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 this high concept sci fi journey that they take us on and stuff like that, where they try to ground it in real science. Jay, here's how no ground- shame in that. Absolutely. Here's how grounded in real science they tried to be. They got real NASA 
astronomers in to plug in their mathematical codes for what a black hole should look like. And it rendered it in the effects engine and produced it on screen. And that's what Christopher Nolan said. Let's go with it. That's it. It's got this beautiful halo around it. All this light getting sucked into it. This year, 2019, we got our first real picture of what the outside of a black hole looks like. A very good picture. Yeah, And it was it. It was what was in this film. Before that time. Before, like... This film came out five years before this real picture of a black hole happened. No one had ever actually vi- filmed and, a black And you hole also before. see it in this year's uh, High Life, the second black hole that they show in that movie. And it, it is. It's right. almost identical. So it's pretty crazy that like that's how grounded in real science it is. Now, again, I, I am fascinated with the whole black hole thing. I mean, how can you not be? I mean, be? it's uh, the coolest thing there is in the universe. And uh, <laughs> before we go, I just want to say like uh, as, as great as Matthew McConaughey is, I don't think his performance would have been sold as well if it wasn't. If it wasn't for Mackenzie Foy playing his daughter early on in the film. I think wow. that girl sells it hard. I love her performance in this. You and I do not hear too much about her in that movie. I think I, I but uh, but the reason I love the emotional and a young Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, throwing my boy out there. Yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Yeah, say it with a French accent. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy. You know the new villain in the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I, I think Mackenzie Foy as the daughter sells it so hard. Um, you know the father daughter relationship that the emotional payoff works so well later on. Um, I don't think it could work without her early on performance and without Matthew McConaughey's performance and stuff. I thought they worked really well together. I loved that performance, but it, it really comes down to the high concept sci-fi. And I think you're right. Yeah, maybe your brain should be turned on for this, even though it's not all 100% true science and stuff like that, even though it may not all work this way. They really did their research and tried to ground it in real science and even brought that to the special effects floor when, when this film was, 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 was brought to screen. You know, I'm, I'm one of these guys where like, I, I, I know I, I wind up liking these type of movies more than other people do. Other people find plot problems in it and stuff like that. I don't even focus on the plot when I watch. I'm, I'm listening to all this science jargon going on quantum, 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 just going on around me. And I, I'm just eating it up. It's one of the reasons that like I really enjoyed Annihilation. Last year, I know a lot of people weren't as hot on that as they were of Alex Garland's previous film, Ex Machina, but I really enjoyed it because I like this high sci-fi concept that's going on in it and stuff like that. So, man, yeah, Interstellar, my number one. Jay, your number one. Apollo 13. I, I, I like both of them. I, I, you know, I can't say it enough. I this is a fun list, man. It, it was fun. Came together last minute because of Ad Astra. I'm actually now this says talking about these films and 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 reliving them has made me want to go see Ad Astra more. So I hope it did the same for you. I hope you guys are all willing to go out and see Ad Astra. Maybe next week we'll discuss it and decide whether it deserves a spot on this top five or whether it slips into honorable mentions or it's That's just true. a complete fucking dud. We will uh, bring that up for sure, and then also uh, check us out on patreon for some exclusive new test footage for our youtube show yeah i did put up uh i did put up uh our our bourbon our bourbon adventure on uh on our patreon for everyone to check yes, out our first trial <laughs> with our new camera and also um 
and then you know 2001 space odyssey yeah it's gonna be our next so again there's a lot of cool things that we're starting to unveil on patreon that we're going to be much more intended to going forward so please at least one dollar a month you can get onto our tiers and have fun with it man explore within a few days part of the show within a few days of you guys listening to this on patreon me and jay will have an exclusive captain america cocktail up where we talk about our top five captain america moments in the mcu and we made a cocktail for it's the first time we blended the movie cocktail formula with a top five uh that's going to be exclusive to our patrons and then the episode after that is going to be you watching 2001 space odyssey and i think jay i think the perfect place to watch it is here in our new studio where we have a movie theater and now you have a reclining movie chair to watch it in i mean with headphones yeah do you want to stereo surround do you want to partake in that oh yeah i'll be here for it okay. i'll watch that movie again <laughs> okay all right so that's gonna do it for super movie brothers tonight i want to thank all of you guys for listening if you want to enjoy some of that extra patreon content head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast on there for just one dollar a month you can get all of our extra episodes if you want to pledge a little bit more we got some exclusive gifts for anyone who pledges more than five dollars you get to choose an item from the loot chest and then of course we are part of a network we're part of the podfix network so head over to podfixnetwork.com and there you can check out all the great shows that are part of the podfix network you can also check out some of our season one movie cocktail recipes by going to the drop down going to movie cocktail on there and you'll see all of our recipes for season one of movie cocktail i believe uh in two weeks jay we will have another movie cocktail for everybody we are going to be doing uh everyone's going to be voting on twitter Twitter for the yeah reach out on Twitter find our poll vote for for our uh, martial arts movies uh, movie cocktail so we'll see which movie wins from that so I want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great night cheers cheers. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 